Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League Grand Fifth and Last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. And with eight games down in the season, we are a third of the way already through the NRL fixtures, Broxhead. It has. It's flown. Uh, and another good round. I thought uh, those two games we saw yesterday were probably the my two favourite of the year. I thought the first one had a lot of drama. It was very physical. The second game was obviously physical, but I thought the Warriors played really, really well. And that's uh, that was a real test for the Storm. Don't underrate the performance of the Warriors in yesterday's game, but... You're out, obviously out at the stadium. You went to into Allianz. I wanted to, but unfortunately I had to work today, back to school today. So I gave it a miss because I can't help myself when I uh, go to the football, especially the Anzac Day. I would have had copious amounts of schooners and I, uh, I would have struggled to get out of bed this morning. So I'm glad I didn't go in hindsight, but I'm disappointed I, uh, I didn't see the game uh, live. It was great to watch on TV, but there's nothing like being there on Anzac Day. I went to the first, I think, three or four when I was a young Roosters fan back when Freddie was playing, but uh, it is a great day. You would have enjoyed it. Obviously, Vaughn, didn't get the result, but um, it was a good day all around. Ah, well, he was disappointed, but at the same time, it was an absolutely outstanding game of football from a viewing perspective, and I'll tell you what, I'm not taking credit for anything, but there's a bit of a, a weird thing. Whenever I attend a game for the first time during the year, it usually ends up being a cracker. Yeah. I was borderline flying to Melbourne the other week for the Sharks storm game, and I pulled out at the last minute. That yeah. turned out to be a good decision. That's the first game I've attended all year uh, in person, and it was an absolute cracker of a football game. So, yeah. uh, Very lucky for me also, he usually gives me his players pass instead of getting tickets. Yesterday it was a sellout. Uh, the difference at Allianz is you can't go through the normal gates with a player's pass. So I walked the players and officials entry. Yep. Ended up in a reserved seating area where I couldn't sit down. But then I just walked myself into the members bar instead. So didn't need a chair. Lucky. And then I thought I was in the wrong place at the first point when I had the tag around my neck because I saw Politis, Gus Gould, and three or four other people and just thought, oh, I'm going to get kicked out of here in a minute probably. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm in the wrong place. But then I walked into the bar and thought, oh, I can just hide in here. Yeah. That's fine. Happy days. Well, I went to the Panthers-Eels game. I was in the TAB box on uh, on Saturday and that was an absolute stinker. So uh, I can't take credit for uh, going to games and having them be crackers because most of the time I go, they're stinkers. So. Well, at least you got free. Girl, where was the invite? Where did the tab box come from? Well, yeah. Who set that up? Old Aiden. Aiden set it up, mate. Oh, Dog shot. This was a while ago. A while ago. Dog shot Aiden. Yeah. No well, invite for Woke up in the morning and said to him, Christ, you look like you're going out somewhere on the drink. Next minute I see you two tagging a box. No Lewis involved. No free grog. What's Mate, he doing? 
talked to Adon. Pull the heartstrings, but on to... You wouldn't have wanted to see that game anyway. I wouldn't have. I just would have come for the free grog. I was, <laughs> I was punting the whole time. There was a little TAB machine in there, and you know yeah, me, I on know. a Saturday, I'm out of control. I know. I didn't see much of the footy, I'll give you the tip. <laughs> that doesn't surprise I'll me. I'll give you the tip. Doesn't surprise me at all, but uh, you're right, yesterday, outstanding, and Anzac Day, just in general, uh, the way people are, the whole uh, stadium, 40,000 people, it was a great game to attend, getting back on that note of the football, but kicking things off. Set of six, uh, tackle one, the Australian team. Obviously a bit weird that it's named a week out with injuries still a possibility. I know there's an extended squad, but still a bit weird. I, I don't know if New Zealand will be naming theirs today. They'll probably all wait. Um, don't really want to spend a whole lot of time on it because there's no real surprises. And as usual, form doesn't really pay for much. There's a couple of blokes that have been picked. Um, given you know they've done the job in the past, to some extent I can understand that, but... To another, I can't. So, uh, what do you think of the Australians? Oh, predictable, predictable. I mean, they've they've kept the majority of the players from uh, the Four Nations last year, and that's what I expected them to do. It's a safe option for Mal if they win, lose, or draw. Who really cares? This game's, you know, what I think of Rep Brown. So, uh, I I don't, I don't understand why we even play this game. There's no relevance to it. Uh, it used to be played on Anzac Day uh, until the RSL got involved and. Uh, basically didn't force Rugby League to move it, but they got involved and didn't like the fact that it that the NRL was using using that as a marketing ploy, Anzac Day and you know, Australia and New Zealand. It does make sense. I'd like to see if they're gonna play it, if it's gonna be an Anzac Day game, play it on Anzac Day. Well what's Otherwise, the what's the difference it? between Australia versus New Zealand and us having two games yesterday and the AFL having a game? Why can't we have the test match but we still have two NRL games? You know what I mean? Us as just as, as the NRL or saying that's a marketing ploy. We still had two games on yesterday, so why don't we have the actual? I just I just think scrap international footy during the normal season. During the season, yeah, yeah. I, just, I don't see where it fits in. There needs to be a window at the end of the year, or if you are going to do it, have a fair income tournament or whatever. But that's not going to work because the NRL aren't going to stand for the competition being paused for any length of time. Like it takes enough gas out of it to to take one week. Yeah. We're just starting to build some momentum. Everyone's starting to get into the routine. And then next weekend, it's just going to be dog shit. Yeah, well, basically, the squad was exactly the same as the final. But obviously, Inglis and Scott were out. So, Clemmer moved in to a starting position with Woods in the front row. And Will Chambers joined Dugan into the centre. So, he got the call up. Other than that, Boyd, Ferguson, Dugan, Chambers, Holmes, uh, Thurston, Cronk, Harves, Woodsmith, Clemmer front row, Cordner, Gillette, Merrin back row, Morgan, Papali, Frizzell, Friday on the bench, 18th, 19th, 20th, just in case. Justin O'Neill, James Maloney, Shannon Boyd. Um, he stayed loyal, but on form, I think Justin O'Neill has been injured and has only played two games, been pretty quiet. Boyd, he hasn't been great. I think Friday's been okay, but I think he's past the point where he should be playing for Australia. Um, we've got so many bloody good back rowers. A multi-talented guys can play tight and edge. I wouldn't pick him. Uh, Morgan's just lucky that he's so versatile. I can understand that one purely for his role because he can play centre fullback, halves, and in the forwards if you need him to, just because he's that kind of build. Mm-hmm. Um, but Trent Merrin's been absolute dog shit, to be honest. Blake Ferguson, I don't think, has been that good either. So there's probably five or six guys that can really consider themselves lucky. Um, yeah, look, I don't I don't want to go too much into nah. that. Because I, it's, it was, it's predictable. It it's predictable. a safe, safe option. It's going to have no bearing on what happens in the World Cup. No. So, yeah, I know. I get it. I, yeah. But uh, for people... Like, and, the, and the Kiwis never, ever, ever get up for this game. They never, ever do. We could beat them with our second string side because 
you know, for them to come together as well and try and build combinations, and they've got to fly a lot more players out from England than what we do, and there's a whole... It's just a crap time to have it, really. Yeah. So the sooner they can, it the better. Yeah, well, I'm players... not sure whether... Is it still going to exist under the current broadcast deal? No, I don't, don't know. know. Okay, yeah. I, 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 I hope not. But uh, I think you know, Wade Graham, Josh Jackson, there's Maguire as well for Fafita, Vaughan. I think we all know why Fafita's not obviously getting a look in after last year and that situation going down. But there's a few guys, I think, that were... You know, on form, better off in some of those forward spots we spoke of. But moving on from the Australian side, tackle two, Tigers leaving and coming in. Obviously, we have the situation, as we already knew, that those two players that were left over in Tedesco and Woods didn't take up the deadline. Set by Ivan Cleary. Good work uh, on Ivan's part to just get the circus over and done with. Um, your thoughts? Well, is it over and done with? Because I know they've pulled the deals, but I get the feeling that if Woods or Tedesco came and said, well, we want to sign, that they would sign them. I, I like... Ivan's just put a line in the sand and said, look, this isn't going to be a distraction anymore. Either you're staying or you're going. Obviously, it looks like they're going. They're going. Uh, you know, but, but it's it's ended it. It has, really. It's not, not front-page news like it was last week, mm. uh, which is a great move by Ivan. Good luck to... Woods and Tedesco, if they can, they can get the money that they uh, they think they're able to get. But I don't think either of them, to be fair, are justifying that money at the moment based on the performances that they're delivering for the Tigers. I know Woods got man of the match on uh, what day was that? Sunday. Mm. And I'm still scratching my head how that happened. Uh, I, I thought, and I had a good mate of mine who was watching it live who said that he was he was last back on side uh, when when kicks went down. His body language was pretty poor. Look, I thought he had a solid game. Um, but, yeah, I, and then, you know, the Tigers come out yesterday don't with a him. statement about not booing them. Just quietly, and I don't want to get too far off topic, but I'm just going to say it. Marina Go, seriously, get off Twitter. Get off Twitter. She's a Donald Trump. Oh, my God. The other week. She won't go on to... Uh, she, she's, when's the last time she's done an interview? A television no, well, interview Jason, or a radio interview? Uh, or? Hooper said on the weekend on Triple M, he, she got about the fake news and all the bits and pieces, but they rang and asked her to I come on the show. I think he called her Donald Trump as well. It's because she lives a life through Twitter. Well, they asked a clarification, come on and explain what you're talking about. She wouldn't do it. Well, they know that she The other week, she played the... You know, the the sexism card, and it wasn't anything to do with that. It was pretty straightforward. You're not doing you a good job. You get criticised not because you got a what lady bits or man bits you've got, you get criticised because of doing your what job. you're doing. That's right. You're not doing a good job. That's so far removed, you know. Yeah, and that's like... Sexism, Mike. Like, I don't want to give it a whole lot of time, but even that, like, she just needs to just keep your head down. Stop talking, everything. Do time. your job. Do a good job. Exactly. How about that? Stay off Twitter. Stop drumming up, you know. You're banking it worse. And if you didn't give your fans excuse or reason to boo, they wouldn't boo. No, and then just and they've got every right to boo because how else are they supposed to, supposed to voice their opinion and 100%. voice their displeasure? I don't blame them for booing Aaron Woods. I, you know, I can see Aaron Woods Woods's reasons for leaving. That's fine, but with that becomes comes a little bit of criticism. And if you want the big money and you want to be the big man and you want to be all over the papers, there comes some consequences with that, and this is one of them. Yeah. So suck it up. Yeah, basically. And on her part, like I said, just be quiet and do your job. Yeah. Uh, every time you pop up, you're making it worse. And again, you're trying to get out of the headlines, not stay in them. She's one of the only oh, reasons mate. we're still kind of hearing about them a little bit. But with them leaving, the other one that was weird, they're saying Tedesco went for less. Uh, even Paul Kent said that last night. And that really less. So what's, what's le- like well, less Well, they than... were talking that the Tigers' offer was more around 1.1, 1.2 a season. They reckon the Roosters' offer was two, 300 less a year. So whether well, that doesn't surprise me. Whether and I would go. 
Yeah, well, again... Is that on the cap or is that third party? Well, that's what I was about to say to you. We both know how the third party situation works. Maybe it says something around seven, 800 on the cap. Maybe there's more off the book that we don't know about. But at the same time, how many weeks ago did we both say, and I've said it a million times, he had to leave and the Roosters was the easiest choice. So if that is where he's going... I don't, I don't think he had to leave. I think he had to leave. Yeah, I don't think he did. Now that Cleary's there, I, I see good things ahead for the Tigers. Not Maybe not in the short term, but in the mid to long term, I think there's going to be good things for the Tigers. He uh, was the only one, as far as I'm concerned, with any pulling power. I still stick by my statements on Aaron Woods. No, and I agree with that. I agree with that. If I'm uh, if I am Ivan Cleary and you say, well, today they've signed Ben Madalino, we're about to go into that. But if you said to me you could have two Ben Madalinos or Aaron Woods, I'd rather the two Ben Madalinos yeah. any day of the week. And that's basically Ivan's thoughts. You know, if you want, you want to get 900K, then tell your story walking because I can get probably really two and a half good front rowers for that. You can get a good, good prop for 400, mm. I would have thought. You could get a couple of decent props and maybe a young bloke. That's yeah. the difference. So, yeah, and Aaron Woods, I don't think, is the best front rower in the game. The best front rower in the game. And I don't think really there is a standout at the moment in, in terms of the front. Probably Vaughn on form probably is the best if, if standout you want to go front rower. After eight rounds of football on form, he is. Vaughn is the best front yes. rower at the comp in the moment. Yeah. If you want to tell me who I think the best front rower is, it's Jesse Bromwich. I know he's had yep. his back, his thumb, and all the rest of it. But you want to talk about the last couple of years putting things together, Jesse Bromwich, without question, is the best front rower in the world. Mm. And I thought That's the Dragons point. dominated the Roosters right through the guts yesterday. But we'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, now we're going to look at the signings. Players coming in. Obviously, Ben Matlin. Chris McQueen, and today the one that I'm iffy on, but obviously you do remember, and I remember a couple of years ago when Cleary was at Panthers, when Reynolds had a good year, that they tried to buy Reynolds then. So obviously there is something he does like about Josh Reynolds, uh, but the money's what's got me confused, because the talk was the Bulldogs offered probably half of what they've supposedly offered at the Tigers, which is $3 million over four years, which is basically seven fifty a season. Well, I think he compliments Luke Brooks well. I think he does, because one runs players. and one plans, and like we've talked about, I know you like Moses, but I like Brooks. I think Brooks holistically ticks more boxes. I think he's got a better short-kicking game, better long-kicking game. He ran on the weekend, now that he seems to have a bit more control. Yeah. And I think being a quieter person, not so much an ego, that again, Cleary will instill that confidence, being a similar kind of character, to let him do what a good number seven does and show the things that he showed when he first came into first grade. I think Ivan likes the fact that Reynolds is an enthusiastic player. He plays hard. He'll you know, put everything into the jersey. He's, uh, he does all those little one percenters right. He's a pretty good defender. He's got a decent kicking game. So he, I don't know whether you know what sort of money. And what's reported in the media and what they're actually getting are two different things. I, paper talk, I don't buy into it because... To me, a lot of it is is misreported. I, some of the some of the money that's flying around, particularly yeah, well, when now you've got to, you've got to fit thirty under the cap, and they're talking about paying multiple players a million dollars. Please, you can't pay you can't pay two players a million dollars, and then have what they're saying at the moment it's going to be around nine million, and pay twenty eight players with seven million dollars. Well, what you've just touched on again is the Madalino situation. Someone yesterday is saying that Madalino got seven hundred thousand a year. And then someone else has come out saying it was like three hundred and fifty a year. Well, so, so how do, how does that happen? Two completely different figures. I only go off the mail that I get from solid inside people when I talk about something on the show. I don't like going off the figures that get thrown out, like you're saying in the paper. If I get good That's mail, bullshit. Like good inside mail, it's a different story. I'm happy to 
more so believe the figures, but most of the time it's managers that drum up figures, drop stuff to clubs, journos, and they're the ones that release well, you know them. what? If I'm the Tigers, I'm signing every player I can. I don't care about the salary cap because this salary cap yeah. isn't getting sorted anytime soon. Well, if I'm the Tigers, I'm, I'm, I'm spending 11 million bucks. I did the maths players. the other week, remember I told you, basically. If you took Tedesco out, the kind of deals we're talking about and who's leaving and who's off contract, they've got close to $3.6 million available. Right, yeah, but what I'm saying is, okay, so 6.3, uh, 3.6 based on what? On next year's cap? No, I'm saying cap? That, that's players going out. out so right. then add so, on basically 2 million or 2.5 million. But you've also got to add in five players to that. So it pretty much cancels itself out. I, I'd go out, if I'm the Tigers, I'm, I'm going to go out and blow the cap because there is no cap. And mm. then if the NRL will come back and say, hang on a minute, you're whatever over the, over what the cap's going to be, I'd say, well, hang on a minute, we signed these players before that happened. Mm. I'd, I'd love to see a club do it and say, well, what, what are you going to do about it? It's your mismanagement that put the clubs in this situation. So, well, they're not done yet. Because I, I'm not losing still... a bidding war if, if I'm a if I'm a club to to a player that I want on my roster. Yeah, you know, and, and whether the NRL would have to sit down then with the RLPA and say, right, we need to negotiate a new contract for this player, or it'd be a percentage of what the cap is compared to what they thought it was going to be. But at the moment. Clubs can offer basically what they want to players because yeah. there is no cap. Well, Nofaluma's obviously signed on. That's a good buy. Uh, and then I'm, I've got four names, and these are all pretty solid. They're not going to get all of them, but they're in talks with all four players. They're talking to Bodine Thompson, so they're obviously looking to flip the forward pack almost completely. Yep. Russell Packer, I don't blame them. He's been good. He'll be looking for the biggest deal he can, you'd assume, because he's obviously been in jail. He's missed out on some time and earnings, and I'm pretty sure the court case... And he's playing good footy. The court case is still ongoing, though, I think, so he may be still having to uh, you know, pay out something long-term. So he's definitely going to be looking for a good deal. Clear he's got a relationship with him. He played good footy in him there, just like Madalino did. And the other two players, one I like, one I don't, they're talking to Dan Gagai because he hasn't taken up his option with Newcastle, which would be an absolute dagger to them. Uh, that's reported to be close to 600000 his option, and he still hasn't taken it quite yet. He's got Why, because he wants more? No, he's got until June 30 just to decide, I think, if he wants to beat Newcastle or not. Okay. Um, the Sharks apparently had a talk to him because, obviously, they lost Burr, but they balked at the price if they picked up the contract. And the only balked other... at the price? Well... 600 I, Well, they, they balked at 600 but yet they were going to pay Jack Bird how much? Oh, I'd rather go than Bird. If he's going to play centre. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. And you've got a guy who can, can play fullback mm-hmm. as well. Um, the other one that's there that I'm not a fan of, they're talking to Blake Ferguson. I wouldn't touch Blake Ferguson with a 10-foot pole. Well, Kenny Dow's the other one they're talking to as well, I've heard. Well, they, I thought that was a done deal in Newcastle. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant Newcastle. Sorry. No, you're I'm talking, talking Yeah, Newcastle. Uh, they're talking to... Tigers are talking to Ferguson, Blake Ferguson. Ferguson, okay, Gagai, Bodine, Thompson, Packer are four more that they're in negotiations with right now. Mm. So if they picked up Packer and Bodine, that's a pretty flipped pack straight away. Well, the other one that I heard today is Tamari Martin. But we're going to, to talk to, about that. Okay, to Penrith and, yeah, or for, from Penrith to the Tigers. Uh, and then the other one is Malachi Watins Lesniak. Yeah. He's apparently going to sign with the Tigers. Well, he played that one game. He can't get a run there. Penrith's got a lot of money tied up. And when you've got good squad players, obviously the only way for them to get opportunities is to go to a club like that yeah. that's needing players. They could definitely use someone. Definitely. Let's be honest. Moses Suley. Uh, he's developed nicely, like we said the other way. He's, he's, he's a baby and they've paid him, but he's going to be great. And his yardage work so far is great. But Kevin Aguamo has been quite underwhelming. And um, Ivan moved Kevin on to the Tigers while he was at Penrith. So. Yeah, and he's obviously pushed him from the centre where Jason Taylor put him to the wing and it could be back to cup. And there's also talk Ivan is after Dylan Edwards from Penrith. So, so like we said the other way, we talked about it. He, he knows, knows all the Penrith troops, so yep. he will be hunting. But 
Uh, moving on from that, I think they're doing pretty well. A lot of people are still freaking out, saying it's going to take years and it's a Newcastle-like rebuild. I disagree. Yeah, I, I think Ivan Cleary will flip things around quicker than what Newcastle will. Yep. And it's already showed in the players that have signed. Um, a few people took a shot at Madalena. He's been injured. And he's been yeah, in a club been. that's he, been a basket He was pretty good case. last night. I thought he, the last couple of years, he's one of their only players that I watch on a week-to-week basis and go, Madalena's gun. So mm. I've got no problem with that. And playing under Cleary, I think they'll get the... Uh, consistency they're looking for, but Raiders and Manly is tackle three, the niggle in that game, Dylan Walker, Josh Hodgson, uh, that old situation. Some people loved it, some didn't. To be honest, I wasn't a fan. Um, I think sometimes a team's a reflection of a coach. Uh, uh, Dylan Walker, I didn't like the way he carried on. He started fires all over the joint, and I hope he realises, which on the flip side of that, I know McInnes made a career out of it, but I hope he realises if this was what he's going to do, you've got to back it up every single week, and you've got to expect that people are going to come after you. On the Raiders side of things, I think Ricky Stewart and I said it round one. I thought their ill-discipline and then all that penalties is the only thing that cost them that Cowboys game. He's got to rein them in because they're way too loose. Their discipline, um, considering the talent they've got on that side, is enough to ruin their premiership campaign if they're going to get caught up in that crap. And I thought that's a big reason why they were thrown off the other night. Yeah, I'd like to know who started it, and it's you're never going to know who started it. Oh, I think Because it, that's where it escalates from. However, I, I wasn't a big sledger when I played. If, oh, if someone someone sort of got maybe a little bit, but probably as I got a little bit older, I, I liked it a little bit more because I was more confident in my ability, I suppose. And you know when you're getting under someone's skin, but it was never to the point where it had hurt the team. And I, I think both those players would look back now and and you know if Walker had lost because he missed two conversions there where he was under a bit of pressure, there was a bit of lipping going on. And then obviously Josh Hodgson had it shoved in his face when he was sledging the kicks where he missed. But in the end, Dylan Walker kicks the goal. So he one of them the is going to... He yeah. kicked the goal. He forced an error. You want the scoreboard. Dylan Walker beat One of them, one of them is going to end up with egg on their face. Yeah. And on this occasion, it was Josh Hodgson. But I'd say to Dylan Walker, pull your head in and just play good footy week in, week well, out. Because you're hardly, you're hardly a superstar of the game. He did it against the Roosters as well. What I'm saying, similar to you, I, I think he's a quality player. He's obviously played reps. He's young. But if that's the attitude he's going to take, you're going to be targeted every week. Week And in, I don't think out. he's got the intestinal fortitude to handle it. I no, think he not, crumbled. Not every week. That's more what I'm getting at. You need to tread a fine line if you're going to be that guy. And I th- also think uh, the sledging sort of gone out of the game because... Can't fight. That's right. You can't crack a bike. So it's it probably easier to sledge. Yeah, that's why it gets worse. Yeah, like yeah. those handbag at 10 paces. I don't like it. All either. the little scuffles. It kind of ruined it for me. A lot of people said that was the best game of the round or a great game. No, I thought it was rubbish. I didn't enjoy it at all. There no, was too many idea. stoppages. There was too much crap. And I hate niggle if you're not going to back it up. There wasn't any, say, massive shots or bits and pieces. It's just constant handbags. Handbags at 10 paces. Uh, I really wasn't a fan, so... Dylan Walker, all I can say is good luck to you, but if you're going to do that, you better back it up week to week. Ricky Stewart, address your group, get in to pull their heads in, because honestly, if I'm Raiders fan and you guys out there, we've got plenty of them that listen. I don't know your opinion, but I think they've got one of the best squads in the competition. They should be a premiership threat, but if this is the attitude they're going to carry on and buy into that, I think that derailed their game. They were that interested in what Dylan Walker was doing. Yeah, they don't need it. Um, that the scoreboard at the end was in Dylan Walker's favour. Scored the try, kicked the penalty goal, started four or five fires, uh, any of those errors, he was the first one in there causing all the niggle. The Raiders bought into it. I thought they ruined their chances to win that game of rugby league. So. Yeah, I agree. Uh, number four, or tackle four, Souths, the referees, it was an absolute disgrace. Uh, I'll say it blunt, plain, simple. Ashley Klein, you're awful. Uh, that was a knock-on. The Tau Tau Moga thing, I'm sorry I didn't know. 
we were playing rugby union, or maybe we we're trying to give rugby union a, a leg up because no one cares about it and it's a dead game. Mm. Um, but on the flip side of that, South Sydney fans, I feel so sorry for you. You're robbed of two points, in my opinion. I thought they were the better side. I thought Brisbane were pretty average, and you know they got a free try and they got the field goal, which ultimately cost them the game. Well, the Milford one was a clear knock on. Let's not even get into that no, argument. I'm not, because I can't, I can't believe, people, believe yeah. I can't believe Wayne no, Bennett came out in the in the press conference and said, you. "Oh." Yeah, but why? Of course you did. Even yeah. if I'm Wayne Bennett and my team's won that game, I'm going in and going, well, God, we got lucky there. Yeah, you, know, you want to know why? When it suits. That's why. Oh, Wayne Bennett's a special. Golden, golden point in the grand final. I hate that's it. That's frustrated you know, the shit out of me. If watching won that watching grand him, final. He's such an intelligent man, yeah. and you know what's going on. Yeah. Don't go in and say that shit. Like, yeah. it frustrated me to no end. Exactly, but you, you're saying it right there. Someone of his stature should have addressed it and put it in its place like Michael Maguire did and said that shouldn't happen. We're lucky to get the two points tonight. I'm not happy about it, but said. Yeah, well, yeah, what if it happened fine. on the flip side? Exactly. Oh, what are you doing I, that grand final yeah, with the Cowboys? Golden points, the worst thing ever. That decided a grand final. Rah, rah. Look, and then the other one was uh, obviously the tackle, Milford. He was tackled. Mate. I don't know how they cocked that up. And, yeah, the tackle was complete. And, but for Wayne Bennett to say that he got the ball down, oh, I thought he got the ball down. Like, what? what? Get some. Get a pair of glasses. Get rid of your cataract. Like, there's absolutely no chance that he got the ball down. Uh, he's had a completely. They sent it up a try. He didn't send it up a try based on the grounding. He sent it up a try based on the pass back and that they'd scored. Like the ball had come back out backwards. That was held. But the the bunker should have just said, "You're right. That's that's exactly right. Tackles momentum stop. Held up. Go out and play the ball." It was yeah. Uh, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it. No, well, let's the, move on. The only thing I can say, it was... Souser robbed. It was disgraceful in And for any Brisbane fan, like, we had a few on our page say, oh, oh well, Brisbane got some bad calls too. No, you didn't. Like, congratulations. You got two of the biggest calls of the game, like two scoring plays that were incorrect. You got the win. You got seven points for free. You got the win by a point, and wow. again, the extra try is what put you in the position to get the field goal. One-eyed fans, stay off our Facebook page. I've said it before, and I've said it again. I'm Jesus. all good for a discussion, but if you only have eyes for your own team, oh. seriously, pull your head in. I will hammer Melbourne. I know it's easy not to hammer Melbourne because they've been good for so long, but you definitely don't hold back on the Titans, and I've been happy plenty of times to take shots at Melbourne, even when they've been playing well, yeah. about things I don't like about what's going on. So, like it's I ridiculous. Said, Keep your bias and actually talk rugby league. Put your manners back in. Not about just your own team. Seriously, pull your head in. Uh, Tackle five. Anzac Day, the fixtures, the day itself. um, I thought it was absolutely outstanding. I think rugby league does an outstanding job in general of uh, representing it and paying their respects. Full stop. Yesterday at Allianz was outstanding. The atmosphere was awesome. Um, The crowd, the silence, the anthems, just everything about it. It was uh, a great thing to be a part of and obviously... I didn't get to see that second game except on replay today. You got to watch it, but we've been down there for the Storm Warriors game as well, and I think they also do an outstanding job. Oh, they're, they're, for me, they're the best two games so far this year. Apart from the Cowboys Broncos game, I don't yep. know round three or whatever it was. They they were outstanding. They were both physical. They were played in the right spirit. Uh, I thought all four teams were sensational. If you said to me that they were two preliminary finals, you'd be happy with that. Yep. They they were yep. they were semi final type intensity games and physicality. The Dragons, I thought, played really, really good football. They Tough. they were just they were very unlucky Widdock went off the field. And then for them to come back at the end there when they did, you know, obviously the uh, the Roosters also let them come back into a degree, I think. But that, the way they played, they played so tough yesterday, the Dragons. And for I know Dragons fans will be disappointed they lost the game, but if anything, that just rubber stamps you guys as a real 
good football side, like top four football side, realistically, uh, this season. And then I thought the I took more out of what the Warriors did last night than what I did out of Melbourne. And Craig Bellamy in the press conference said that it was Melbourne's best performance, and it's hard to argue. Mm. But I took a lot out of what the Warriors did. I thought that's as tough as I've seen Sean Johnson play in three years. Boren and Luke uh, and Sheck and and uh, Sean Johnson, that combination is getting better. Madalino back now. He's going to add a little bit of starch to their forward pack. They just did a lot of good things last night, the Warriors. They still made a couple of errors and gave away some dumb penalties, but that was a real high-quality game of football. And the, and the day was great. You know, yeah. the, thought the services were all good. Uh, we're doing it right. We, we shouldn't change anything. If we can get we can make it better, make it better. I don't yeah. know how you do. No. But it's spot on. Bang on. If anything, I'd like to see that uh, the Anzac game, the Roosters-Dragons uh, game, be put on a little bit earlier. Because if it was on, if it was a two o'clock kickoff, I'm going to that game. I think a lot of people, particularly maybe it's just this Anzac Day and the fact that it landed on a Tuesday, yeah. and a lot of people had to go to work the next day. I know it was a sellout, yeah. So it's hard to argue. It was hard. I think what you were right though. When we were leaving the ground, and I even had to wait for Vaughn, obviously because I travelled up with him. Yeah, it was still hard to get out at that point in time because you're talking so the city and yeah, everyone that was leaving, forty thousand people, the way you have to park in there, and just you know a lot of stuff. The Melbourne happening. game makes sense because they're they're tagging onto the back of the. AFL, yeah. which is great. And that makes sense. They're set up in that sporting uh, yeah. region like we've talked about. If anyone's just been like to Melbourne... see, Even if it was a three o'clock kickoff just an hour earlier, because yeah. for me, I, my principal at school today, I said to him, he went to the game, he goes every year, he said, yeah, but we left 20 minutes to go. Mate, people, I'll tell you what, I said to a few blokes when I was in that area, walking past, like Roosters fans that were bailing the same deal. So this, it's not over, and they're like, oh, there's too many people here. Like, we want to get yeah, out. As soon as they got to 10-6, yeah. before the kick even went over the penalty goal, they were, they were bailing. I was That's like, probably serious? a reflection on the public transport, the parking, the traffic in Sydney. It's as soon as joke. the drive, I'm honest, like, people were running out of the reserve bar, and I was like, you people, of all people, people with a bit of scratch in some of the places where I was standing, were, they were the Crazy. first ones yeah, bailing yeah, out. Crazy. So. Uh, but what a, what a day. Great day. Well, yeah. well done to the NRL. They've done it right. I thought... Across the whole weekend, the Anzac round's been really, really good. Yep, tackle six in the final tackle of our set of six. Did Pierce, Mitchell Pierce yesterday, and obviously he's formed this season, uh, book himself into the New South Wales number seven jersey. I know plenty of people out there slay and hate and argue, but honestly, give yourself a triple. He's not the reason we lost all those series. We never picked the right forwards that were in form. We've never had the spine to go with them. We haven't had a decent number nine. And I think even in the back line, we've never picked the right players. I think it's as simple as that. But his form is irresistible. He's the best number seven in New South Wales. He's the best number seven as far as form is going for New South Wales. Did he book that jersey? Because in my eyes, he did. Definitely. Definitely. I would have picked him even if he had a stinker yesterday. I, I, that's that's probably the thing. He hasn't played a stinker. Tell me the last stinker Mitchell Pearce played. Well, if you've got any idea about football, you'd definitely say this year he hasn't. He runs the football. He links up very well. His defence is outstanding. He takes on tight forwards. And I know there was a obviously a bit of a thing where people were saying he couldn't kick a field goal. Well, he put that to bed yesterday as well. So, Well, yeah. And Mark, like, Mark Gaznia, oh, well, there was, a, there was a study missed his last 18 field goal attempts or something like that. But well, what about Gaznia Milford and Hunt? There's plenty yeah. of talk about Milford Hunt being million-dollar halves. Ben Hunt says he didn't want to take field goals. So for all the hate on Mitchell Pearce, again, there's a double standard. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I agree. Ben Hunt's played for Australia. But, again, we just like targeting certain people. We never let go of a grudge. But I don't get it. So many New South Wales fans, you all blame... Mitchell Pierce wholly and solely, even with piss poor selections, just the wrong team. It's as simple as that. The wrong team. You yeah. do not blame Mitchell Pierce, um, and I hate that. I really do. But media feeds that as well. 
They do. Media feeds that as well. And that's another thing about bias that I just absolutely, uh, absolutely hate. But if anyone wants to form an argument as to who's the better number seven or who to pick, feel free. But Adam Reynolds is held together by sticky tape. Matt Moylan is not a number six. James Maloney even. I know for all the talk, he goes places, he wins comps, he misses a lot of tackles. He's been pretty inconsistent this year. And week to week, he hasn't been that great. Someone threw an argument up for Chad Townsend there the week. He's solid, but he's definitely not an origin player. And you've got to remember, he got dropped during the final series last year. So how consistent has he been during his career? Well, um, exactly. I'll keep arguing if you want. Yeah. Trent Hodkinson can't even play for his own team. Josh Reynolds is, yeah, I'll, you know, there, I'll there keep no going. There is so no argument. Anyone out there, if you've got a better case for me, let me know. Yeah. But you all want to hate on Mitchell Pearce and not look at the form or the argument, but it's not his fault in the past. So in my eyes, he booked the number seven jersey. But that is the set of six. Moving on to power rankings, I think this is quite easy. Again, this week, uh, what about you? You got much movement in your power I rankings? I do, I have. Big All right, movement. well, here we go. Power rankings, number one for me, Melbourne Storm. Yep, me too. Number two, I still have the Roosters that I did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yesterday, I thought the attack was a little bit stifled, but still, I think when they get things right, they're close to the best team of the comp. Right, I had them at five last week. They're up to two, the Roosters. Yep, so you're on board with me now on that. Uh, yep. Number three. Well, more also, the teams that I had at two and three last week, Raiders and Sharks, they both lost. Yep, number three. I've got the Dragons. I've bumped, I've bumped them up based on that loss yesterday. Uh, and I'm going to bump up another side who lost yesterday, but... Uh, I thought they were ultra impressive. They convinced me. And I said what I, I said a month ago, I, I don't know what to make of the Dragons because I, I, it looks good, but I want to see it tested against a good side. And I thought yesterday, while Gareth Widdop was on the field, they dominated the game. They still struggled a little bit to, to score points. And I thought with the possession they had, at one point there they had 65% of the ball, I think maybe after 25 minutes. They should have scored more points than what they did. That's probably where the game was lost in the end. But... They, they dominated the Roosters through the middle, and the Roosters have got a great forward pack. So yep. I think they're going to compete with most sides this year, the Dragons. Obviously, if Widop's injury is serious, then you have to rethink well, that ranking. Medial is anywhere from a month to eight weeks, depending on severity of whether it's just a, a slight tear, whether it's cartilage and that involved, the bleeding, the fluid afterwards. I had a couple of them done. Yep. If it's his first time, and I think it is as far as uh, this kind of injury and that knee, Best case result could be a month. But at the yeah. same time, this is something that if you push, it tears very easily. Yeah. So they're probably better looking closer to the six-week mark at least. Yeah. And they've got to play Melbourne, the Sharks, the Warriors in the coming weeks. Yeah. So it's going to be a tough period if he's out. Um, I left the Sharks at three, and that may surprise some people. But honestly, they've lost all their games at home this year besides the one against Newcastle. And they probably should have lost that and, game. Yeah, and I still stick to what I've said before. You may disagree. You may uh, agree with me, but I just think they take some of the lower sides lightly, and when they've played a good side, they've got up for it. They got up for Canberra. Uh, they got up for Melbourne, but they took the Knights lightly. I thought they you know, were okay against you guys, but I honestly think they're just disrespectful to some teams, and I'm still looking at them and the side that they've got, and I think right now um, I've still got them right up there. That's fair. I can't argue with that. Uh, what number was that? That was three. That was number three. Number oh, four. Number four, I've got the Raiders. They were at two for me last week. I've bumped them down to four. Yep. All right. Well, I've got the Dragons at four. I wanted to move them up like you, but I'm going off what's going to happen. Uh, they're absolutely outstanding. They proved themselves to be a top eight side yesterday, if not borderline top four. Attack definitely needs to develop more. McCrone, you're not winning a comp with him at seven. And the big problem now is they really have no hooker or half depth. Uh I think they're honestly the way they played yesterday is DeBellin moved into the halves. So don't be surprised if Jack DeBellin is playing in the halves this week because yeah. they've literally got no one else to pick. Sean Nona's is not going to get picked. Drew Hutchinson's out for the rest of the year, and I don't think they're going to re-sign him. They don't have any other choice. 
So I honestly think that Jack DeBellin's going to be playing five eight this week. Could they move Dugan to six and play that dry field at one? Well, that's like that? the other question I had about Jay Field. Dry field can come in, but it's all good to run rapid in the nines. He'll get absolutely murdered in first grade. Yeah, I don't know. I just, will, I'm uh, just looking at their options. Yeah, I, I but I love their forward pack, the Dragons. And, yep. you know, they, they may shit the bed this week when Widock goes out. I don't think and they will. I'll, I'll, readjust, I'll readjust it. But this is why. Based on what I saw yesterday, they're a whisker off the Roosters, and I've got the Roosters yep. at two. So. And that's what I mean. They justified it yesterday, and they justified everything I've said. Outstanding forward pack, great outside backs who get in, do good yardage work. The only thing missing is later in the year, I don't think they're going to push a storm, a Cowboys full strength, the Raiders, or these teams as far as scoring points at critical times. Well, that's that's something they need to keep developing. And uh, with McCrone there, like I said, no depth. As soon as Widop goes out, you're in trouble. So that's my four. But number five, I have the Raiders. Uh, again, no movement. I think similar. They, uh, I think they bought into the Dylan Walk situation, but I think their squad's outstanding and they just need to get some consistency. Yeah, I've got the Sharks, and for similar reasons as you said, I, I just... They're muddling around. They are. They, yeah, like I've got them game. outside my top four, but, you know, I, I think those those sides, we've got we've, we've both got Storm, Roosters, Dragons, Raiders, Sharks as, as our five. Yeah. Whatever order, it, it really depends week to week. I think they're, at the moment, I'd be very surprised if a team outside of that won the comp. Yep, I'm with you, 100%. Uh, okay, so, and then the next tier... Uh, we go to number six now. I've got the Broncos. I've also got the Broncos. And they've held firm. They're not really convincing me, but no. they're playing okay footy. They've got some injuries and I've, stuff going I've on. I've been happier with Roberts getting more ball the last few weeks. Last year, I thought they basically isolated him. They bought him and just left him out there. So I yeah. think they're doing a better job moving the football around. But, um, yeah, moving later in the year, Harbs situation, they need to get better. I think McCulloch's been great. Uh, number seven. Cowboys still holding. Uh, I think they've done a great job considering missing three of their four spine and Matt Scott to be five and three. Um, but right now, I still don't see them as a real threat. Yeah, well, these are my last two, seven and eight. At seven, I've got the Warriors. I've bumped them up based on what they did in Melbourne last night. I thought that was a really, really good loss. And I've dropped the Cowboys down. Tough because they won on the weekend. But I just think with their injuries, if, if the Warriors play the Cowboys this week, I'll be tipping the uh, the Warriors. So yep. that, that's why I've got the Warriors where they are. Well, and it's power rankings right now. So I bumped Manly into eight again after taking them out last week because for some reason they keep getting up for big games on the road, but they can't win a lot of them. And I don't know what to make of them because on any given day, they've beaten some quality sides and that can't be argued. But yeah, I, I like when they just have a real good group mentality and they dig in for each other. Depth we spoke about will hurt them, which is why I can't really put them higher. Um, but just outside of that, you'd be talking maybe uh, about the Warriors, like you said, off performance. I know Eels have won two in a row, but they've been against two terrible teams, uh, and the Bulldogs are just average. So yeah. that's our power rankings. But on to your fan questions, basically looking at Twitter and Facebook. They're up to date as of this minute. Anything that I miss or we miss, we'll try to answer a bit later on. We're going to try and motor through these. But the Aussie team, uh, Randy Festus, He's asking here, is the Australian team picked a joke? How was Marin even considered to be picked? DeBellin, Maguire, Trebojevic are way better. So basically, similar to what we're saying, you can't read a whole lot into it this time of year because they basically just pick it for the quick turnaround, going into camp, etc. They don't really pick anyone outside Well, the easy way. answer to that is it's not picked on form. No, most definitely not. Matt Bishop asked the same thing. Thoughts, Woodsy, Clammer, Fat Mez, all underperforming. Shouldn't warrant a spot, um, even though they've been there before. Mate, we could argue until we're blue in the face, but that's just how that is. They stay loyal with a quick turnaround. Uh, if it was on form, there'd be a couple of guys that would definitely get a jersey. But, yeah, unfortunately, mm-hmm. this standalone test usually doesn't have too much of form involved. Uh, James Heron on the Anzac test, and you answered this earlier. I wasn't too sure. Why isn't the Anzac test played on Anzac Day? So, obviously, you said the RSL. Yeah, there was a dispute, I think, between... 
the ARL or when it, when it changed, uh, and the, the RSL. Basically, the RSL said that the ownership of ANZAC or the ANZAC Day is the RSL. Um, we were using it. Now we call it the ANZAC Test. I, I don't know, but from my uh, from my knowledge, it was a because of a dispute between you know the the RSL and the governing body at that point in time of rugby league, and yep. that's why I got moved. So it's yeah, I'm still confused because we have games since, and the AFL still do as well. Well, I went to the first ever ANZAC game, which was uh, obviously Roosters and George, and that was 2002. Mm. So. You'd have to go back. I think 2001, it used to be played on a Friday night, I think. Yeah, usually it was around Anzac Week on the Friday, from my memory as well, as a kid. I and I'm not sure whether the round still went on. or I'm not. You'd have to really rewind the clock to it have used to back up from what I remember as a kid, but I've been hitting the head plenty of times playing in the middle, so... I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't know. But yeah, that the short and long... And if, if I'm wrong, please, someone, uh, yeah. let us know. Because, but that's my understanding of why, why it is no longer played. Yep, all right, game awareness. Uh, I apologise to whoever put this in there because I didn't put their name on the question, but you'll obviously know it's yours. Basically, when will teams learn to play to the whistle? Raiders Seagulls game, Walker's penalty goal in extra time. If it hadn't gone over, the only player, and I saw this as well, and was shaking my head near the ball was Apicorosia. Yeah. So basically, if it wasn't a goal, it's a try to Manly, isn't it? And you're right, this happened last year, was it? Canberra won a game or somebody won a game when it bounced off the post and they got the ball or Canberra lost was, a game to the Cowboys I thought it was this year round one Yeah, they, well, he kicked a field goal Thurston kicked a field goal it hit the underside of the crossbar mm. and they chased through I think Gavin Cooper scored didn't he there was one last year as well that I can remember same deal someone ran uh, through it was Canberra, Canberra against, against I think it was against I think Jordan Rapana scored or, yeah, oh you might actually you might be right two, two I, can think I think of. it was against Newcastle mm. Mm, last year so there's two and spot on I apologise to whoever that was I could go back in and scroll through all the questions and find no, the name but I can't do it because there's way too many but you're spot on game awareness it's poor by Canberra they were too busy like I said buying into the shit with Dylan Walker instead of worrying about the game and uh, it's cost them again and they're 4-4 four and four, which they shouldn't be uh, Sean Chan how accurate and we spoke about this earlier again are the contract numbers we're seeing not in terms of how much is on the cap uh, how much the player is getting as a whole starting to look like the media is exaggerating for headlines and managers lying to drum up price and that's correct basically. correct it's uh, really really having an effect on the market because you know for example if player Z is offered is said to have got a deal worth 600,000 and I'm player X who thinks he's just as good and my club's offered me 400 I'm going in and saying well hang on player Z's on yeah. this much why aren't I getting that much I'm better than so, old mate and the other Look, one. I think oh, I think realistically moving forward, we need to have uh, have the teams uh, have the salaries disclosed. Very well, easy. Just just this is how much they're earning. This is how much the contract is. This is for how long. Easy. I want to know about third parties. No, no, they just think can them can the third parties piss them off. Ten million dollars salary cap or whatever it's got to be. You know, and if it goes up a million per broadcast deal or it, what, it doesn't matter what the number is. But they, this is the player. This is what he's earning. There's none yeah, of these bonuses bullshit in it. This is this is the number. Players are still going to complain, though, that you're putting restraint of trade by not letting them take up sponsorships outside the cap, which obviously some clubs... Right, can okay, so up, in so. the NFL, what, what restrictions do they have on that? None, do they? Yeah. I don't think they have any. So, well, well, there you go. I, I don't have a problem with any player having a sponsorship with any... In all this bullshit about the NRL, oh, well, we're, we're not affiliated with them. We're affiliated with someone else. Well... 
What should that matter? Yeah, but this is half the problem again when I talk about third parties. So let's, narrow Let's not go too far, but when they say the clubs can't organise, and the clubs do organise most of them. Of course they, they do. They go, oh, no, you've got to find that in your own bullshit. The clubs... Yeah, like the business is going to ring the player yeah, and say, hey... We'll do this with you. We want you on board. Basically, the club rings them, wipes their hands of it, the person makes contact, etc. It looks all legit, but it's not. It's so not. that's uh, why... But, the, yeah, the, at the moment, the market... It's, it's nowhere near what's been reported. No. Uh, Benny Storer, great listener to our commentary on the weekends and obviously the show. Manny McCurick, should he be selected for New Zealand? No. I think if you're going to go on form, he probably has been better than Luke overall, but they're going to stick with Luke. No, Luke um, was good last night. They're going to stick with Luke, but... Uh, if, if they gave him a bench spot or picked him in the squad, I wouldn't argue with it. Well, people were talking about Levi getting picked as well, but I think if you want to talk about form, Kiwi has been outstanding, but yeah, he'll stick with that nah, warrior spine, you'd assume, but... Great form for the Tigers on the England squad. Again, I think this was Mihal Maguire asked this one. Chris McQueen, Heinenton just got picked for England. Did Wayne Bennett just go to the Titans and ask for an Englishman? If he did, he got the wrong one. If you, know, you have to pick an NRL-based player, surely Joe Greb would, would learn more from the experience as a future player. Um, Heinenton, 35 years old. He hasn't played reps since 2011. And he's put here, he can't play big minutes. Well, I think he can play big minutes. It's just that his role uh, now at the Sharks is off the bench. We've left out the grand final man of the match, Liam Farrell at home, plus Wardle and Greenwood out there in favour of him. Don't even get me started on the Burgess as well. So clearly he's an Englishman who's angry about the amount of uh, ring-ins that Wayne Bennett's brought in just for a quick patch-up job. And last year they were talking about getting the Morris brothers as well. Do you know what? I can't argue with you. I can't argue with you. And again, I can't argue with you. Well, I totally back. agree. And Wayne Bennett... Bang your head on the desk. And this goes back to when I was cutting down Uncle Wayne and people were taking shots at me for what he did at Newcastle and the mess he left the Dragons in. He destroyed two salary caps, wiped his hands of them, went back to Brisbane. Well, he's he's an all-in coach. And, yeah, and to be fair, the clubs wanted him to go all-in as I well. I get it. But they, still, can't, they can't bitch and moan about once he's left what he's left when they knew exactly what he was doing. Well, he's doing there. the same thing with England when he told England they'll look and develop and get him in for that reason. He's not trying to develop, clearly. He's got eight guys from the NRL and three or four of them are random blokes that are... The international game is a mockery. It is a mockery, 100%. Uh, on Penrith, Randy Festus, what are the issues at Penrith? Well, Cross, where do you start? Jesus, we don't have a five-hour podcast. We but... talked plenty about this last week, but... Um, well, one... they're not playing with a lot of enthusiasm. They're not defending in the same structure that they were. They're sliding well on the inside. They're not yeah. getting off the line. They're not winning they're the not forward battle. Up. Set starts are poor. They don't push up on the ball. The halves are left alone. Yeah. Um, no one's pushing around for offloads. One week, they're 2-1 out, and they're not setting up for anything. The next week, they're way too sideways. And their discipline's been pretty poor, to be fair. They've yeah. made a lot of errors, given away a lot of penalties. And then off the field... There's a lot going yeah, on. There's a lot yeah. going on. And there's a lot of ego there, too, with some of the contracts yep. and all the hype around this situation. So, mate... There is a fair bit going on there. Uh, Matteo Grasso, what do you make of Tamara Martin? The rumours Penrith are trying to move him on to the Tigers. Is it a good idea to let him go and will Moylan step into 5-8 as opposed to Cartwright? He's a Penrith fan and thought Tamara was a good buy, um, but he thinks that we can't have a 19 and 20 on yard halves pairing if we want to win games and make the finals. Well, mate, I know youth is one thing, but it's not the halves. It's all the stuff we just talked about. The forwards aren't doing their job. The whole side's not doing their job. There's lots of ego. There's issues. If they're willing to let Tamari Martin go back to the Tigers, me and you talked about during the week, and there's been some people on Twitter that need to bang their head on a desk yeah. for some of the suggestions of team selections. How do you put Nathan, uh, sorry, Peachy, Tyron Peachy on the bench when he's basically been your best player is beyond me. Matt Moylan 
thinks he's a five eight, plays in the dinner suit, never gets tackled. Well, guess what, champion? If tomorrow Martin's gone, you're playing number six. We're going to put you in the front line. Mm-hmm. You can have blokes run at you 30, 40 times a game and prove that you're worth your money. Dylan Edwards goes to fullback. Fare Hiku, Hiku, come back in, earn your money as an international player in the centres. Dallin on one side of the field, and obviously on the other side, they're going to get Mansour back at some stage. Cartwright is not a six. Anybody out there who thinks that, also smash your head on the table. Yeah. Give yourself a triple, turn your mouth into a tic-tac dispenser, because dead said, he made four errors again on the weekend. He misses tackles. And then there was the suggestion that he could play as a floating 13. Who has a lock anymore that gets to float around the field? That's right. Every lock in the competition is an extra forward who plays bigger minutes than a normal player. just a lot of Trent front Menon, Dale yeah. Finucane, Josh Jackson's obviously playing edge at the moment. But your Paul Gallons, all these guys go through all the clubs. A lot of front rows. Exactly. And then Jack Bird floated that idea to the Sharks. Why do you think they said you can't play that way for? Because no one does that anymore. They're 13. It's an extra front row with a bit extra skill who plays some more minutes. Correct. So the Penrith reshuffle. Cartwright's playing anywhere. He's playing back row. And if they're willing to let Martin go, well, guess what, Matty Moylan? You want to be a half? Now's the time to play half. But it's not going to happen. And they're going to keep playing. Well, I think, I think it won't happen because Griffin's not going to allow Moylan to determine when he play or when and what position he plays in. Well, I you think can't just Griffin, kick, kick your heels up and say, oh, well, I'm not happy at fullback. I want to play 5-8. Well, if you let Martin go, who's the 5-8? Because they're not going to play May there. No one's listened to that side of things. Darren Nichols is 28, 29 years old playing Cups, definitely the answer. And Samasone Lengi's had a couple of runs at different clubs. He's not a 7. He's a 6. So if they want to let Martin go, who's the suggestion? Okay. Yeah, well, if they're going, oh, I'd probably, I wouldn't let Mar- Martin go this year. Well, they, I wouldn't. But if they do, then it's going to be Moylan. If, yeah, that's what I'm getting And then you're going to play Dylan Edwards at fullback? fullback. Or, yeah, well, know. they're talking about Dallin as well. Dallin does Dallin's, have the ball playing Dallin ability. is now a, a winger. That's, yeah. They rushed his development, and he's now developed as a winger. Yeah. Uh, and the forwards on the bench, I'll say it again. If you pick a winger and Tim Brown, again, give yourself a triple. If Viliami Kakao, who's just scoring tries and eating it up in New South Wales, cut Mitch Rain, who's, I think, got more Team of the Week selections than anybody. Can someone tell me what Kakao did wrong to start with? Well, someone said something about minutes. Well, how many minutes is Tim Brown playing? How many minutes is Moses Laota playing? And that's the other one I feel sorry for in this situation. Poor Moses Laota's getting yo-yoed up and down between the grades and barely playing any minutes. Yeah. He'd be doing that many extra field sessions and getting run ragged just to keep him in game shape. That's one thing I get about the extended squads, but it's also bad for players like that. Like, just use your bench. If you don't have faith in a guy, don't pick him. That's right. Simple. Correct. And you paid $700,000 for James Tarmow. Good work. Thumbs up there. There you go. That's what's wrong with Penrith. Now yeah. I'm angry. Well, keep right. going. let's move on. <laughs> Rules and referees. Well, let me tell you, there's a fair bit going on in here, so I've tried to group it together. Um, but basically, we'll start with all the ones that aren't happy uh, with what happened on the weekend. Obviously, Jason McQueenie, he's saying about the Milford Moga try. It was definitely a knock-on by Milford as well for the field goal. The level of refereeing this weekend was terrible. That's from Logan uh, Brizolara. James Moody, standard refereeing this weekend. He's filthy about the bunker. Spent 10 minutes looking at that try and still get it wrong. Um, Campbell's all, all you blokes are 100% right I don't think we need to talk about any of that we're angry as fans I think everyone should be angry that unless you're a Brisbane fan who's got you know yeah but if you're a Brisbane fan just admit that you've got, you got a good side of the coin if you can't because I'll bitch and moan when they don't yeah you're kidding yourselves Nathan Hunt he hates the fact that time's not stopped in the last five minutes for conversions well, we said this last yeah, week we did say it last week basically cost was it the Titans game we'll talk about wasn't it yeah. should be stopped as far as I'm concerned they milked too much uh, the Buckster, if you had power to change one rule in the game, what would it be? I think we were unanimous on, uh, unanimous on this a few times. I don't like the seven-tackle set. Well, I don't either. I hate it. Because you get punished for trying to put an attacking kick. Mm-hmm. And 
if it's a bad kick, well, fair enough, it's a bad kick. But the fact you punish teams for like a grubber that's almost inch perfect that landed in a crash course of players almost scoring on the line or just someone defusing a bomb, you don't deserve seven tackles for defusing a bomb. Yeah. Um, that's the rule I'd change. I don't know if that's probably, I think we've said this before, but would you agree with me? Yeah. That's the one rule I think we'd all like to see go. Uh, Campbell Scott, he hates the fact that blocking or bumping a kick chaser isn't a professional foul. Well, we, I watched it a million times yesterday again on live it's game. Not, it's not a professional foul uh, if it's a 10-minute sin bin to no. me. It's a penalty. It's a penalty, not a pro foul, but I hate it. But, I, but that's the reason why we should bring back the five-minute sin bin. If it is like stopping a guy who's going to jump for a try, I'd be happy with the five-minute sin bin. I think 10 is too much. Yeah, well, I'm more just getting in general like the escort. Sorry, you can see what the effect that had on the Bulldogs game on the weekend. Well, live yesterday, obviously the TV angles change it when you're watching on TV, you don't see it. Watching the game yesterday, the... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Amount of blocking on players, even running oh. through the middle of the field. Kiri tried to pick up Frizzell four or five times. Yeah, you see it more live because you can see the chase going down. Yeah, and it made me angry. Rob you can Carter. see the players on the defensive or the receiving team moving to block. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. We've got a few here, like I said, different things. Rob Carter, he's seeking clarification on the professional foul rulings. We had two over the weekend, obviously. One was a penalty try, the other is a sin bin. Is it in the rules that if a penalty tries a water, then a player is not sin bin, or yes. is it just another example of refereeing inconsistency? No, well, my understanding is, is that if you are... The, the penalty is enough Look to the have try. the try awarded, even though he didn't score the try. Mm. If he didn't score the try uh, and he can't award a penalty try, then the player gets sin bin. That's my understanding of it. So from that perspective, they're getting it right. Yeah. Uh, and then he's got here, also does the wording of penalty try rule specify what level of likelihood that the try would have been scored before they'll award a penalty Well, they try? basically have to have it I. guaranteed. reasonable or guaranteed. Yeah, pretty much guaranteed that they would have scored. Yeah, well, I obviously, I didn't get to see a whole lot of that Titans game, but I did try to watch the replay. I did, and it was the right call. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was the right call on Bakuya. Copley's basically hugged him, held him off the ball, and even when he got right to it, he still had hands all over Was him. it Copley or Sargent? I thought it was Copley mm. from the replay, but again, I only I saw had a bit of a hate on for Sargent on the weekend. Well, he got some raps to your Who? dismay. People said he had a bad first half, but plenty of people pat him on the back said his second half was great. So, Please. Yeah, I love it. It's yeah, getting right. him so angry. Josh Reed should ref sin in a player who commits a professional foul even if a try is scored. So this basically goes back to what we just said. Well, should they? No. 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 Punishment is, is that the penalty it's a penalty, penalty try. try. And what you get the two shots Because that's a penalty. No. You don't get it. Eight point is for foul play. Oh, that's for the foul play. Yeah, my bad. I'm mixing that one up. Uh, he's talking about blocking, tackling, attacking players, chasing a grubber kick every eight. The refs don't care if they manage to score anyway. Would you prefer the try or to play against 10 men? Well, I think it's getting a bit too ruthless if you're men. chucking everybody in the bin left, right, and center for knocking somebody off the ball. But there should be more penalties. The one I hate is for the kick contests. Well, for me, I'd rather play against 12 men, not 10. Yeah. 12 men. Definitely. I get if angry. I'm a coach, I'd rather the penalty and I'll attack your line with 12 and then, you know, say I score in that first two or three minutes and I've got seven minutes at you still with a man down. Yep. Uh, Patrick Rout, you guys said weeks ago no player should be in front of a kicker. If you're in front of the kicker and inside the 10, expect to get a penalty. Well, I don't agree with that. We said don't be in front 
like uh, Branko Lee on a kick chase. So I agree with that side of things. I, I don't have a problem when guys offside are neutral and not involved in the play as long as they're not involved, not being uh, penalised. But I'll continue reading here. Why does that rule disappear in the last 10 minutes of the Titans game for Pulu's match-winning try? Put that was a try. Because the, the other the opposition player touched the ball, that's why. Same as the Broncos one. Yeah, well, I was going to say. I thought I saw on the weekend that was touched on the ground by was it Townsend. And I, I didn't think he was. I didn't think he was within the ten anyway. But well, I, I, I think I if you're I'd a love neutral. him just to go. I'd love him just to like. And I'm a Titans fan. To the letter of the law, that was the right call. It was a no-brainer. But I'd like to just see him go back to if you if you're behind the kicker, you can chase. If you're not, you can't. Yeah. Well, I said a couple of years ago that I had no problem with the neutrals as long as they don't affect the play. But even that's turned into a grey area. So how do you, and that's the thing. Like he, he wasn't within ten meters. Well, how do you know? You don't have a ruler. Mm. You know, well, again, to the naked eye, what's ten meters to me and what's ten meters to you are two different things. You see that with the referees, even po- two referees that are refereeing a game, the difference in ten meter inter- interpretation, no, big time. So Pat, I don't know if you're a Sharks fan and you're filthy on that side of things, but honestly, uh, I thought they were pretty poor on the weekend, and they've done it to a few lower sides. So um, they did it to Newcastle; it almost cost them. But I had no problem with that one, to be honest. No. Uh, two here more in your league, Ian Stanmore. Boys been watching a bit of the Super League lately and can't help but think they'd get a couple of refs over here for a guest in so this NRL mob know how to handle players on yeah, the field vice versa. I told you, the refs over there, they, they don't hold back, man. Yeah, well, he's saying a few months of showing our mob how done will be better off. And Michal Maguire again uh, over there in England says, while we're on the Super League tack, he knows that you watch it a fair bit. Yeah. And we've had a raft of early red cards uh, for high tackles, reckless tackles. Should the NRL be less afraid to send players off yes. early on the yes. potential of the detriment of the match? Absolutely. Absolutely. There was a bad one in the Roosters game yesterday. I can't think of who it was, but someone got whacked clean on the chin. Uh, or it, might, it was one of the games yesterday. There was there was one that was absolutely... Fl- actually, it was on. I think it was on Jordan McLean. I can't think of which player it was that uh, that did it, but he's, he caught one fair on the mush, like directly on the mush, and it was swinging... Didn't come off the shoulder, hit him flush. Like in the Super League, it would have been sent off. Uh, but I'd like to see them implement or include high tackles in what you can be sin bin for. Yeah, if it's I'll... a reckless bad one, like flush on the chin, yeah, put him in the bin. Yep, fair enough. Uh, Matty Johnson, the idea that when you take the ball behind your own goal line, you can drop to the ground. If anyone attempts to push you in instantly, it's a complete 180 in momentum. So basically, I think the surrender tackle when someone's trying to get yeah, the ball. they need to get rid of it, or they need to start penalising guys for surrender tackling. It's yeah, it's well, in the rule book. It's illegal. Well, the other one again, they do a double standard on people getting driven backwards. Uh, and then they call held, and then sometimes they don't. Sometimes they blow up straight away. Sometimes a guy gets dragged in goal, dragged over the sideline. Well, there was one yesterday. Frizzell was Tyson Frizzell yeah. on uh, Mick Gordon yesterday. And, I sent you a text saying, since when is that legal? Him he dragged Sims him 15 metres along yeah. the ground. They absolutely dominate him. But if he did that five metres out and dragged him over the sideline, yeah. it'd be a penalty. Penalty straight That's away. ridiculous. Uh, Jason Grin said, introduction of five-minute sin bins on over the illegal players which take out injured players, and it's the teams playing them the following week that benefit. Well, we've talked, we want five-minute sin bins, but more for the infringements inside the attacking zone I have the problem with. Yeah. Because people just get repeat penalties, slow things down, and kill the momentum. That's the time I think you need a five-minute sin bin. Agree. Uh, we've got two here about salary cap management, or a couple about salary cap management around that. So Gav at Ernie Oz, he says, Moneyball style cap management instead of one, six, seven, and nine, should teams, best players, regardless of position, get higher salary? No. No, hell no. You look at who's the most important to your team. It is the spine. Who influences the result. And then after that, if you're going to buy, we've talked about this before, I'd probably after that want to have a good prop 
a good back row, and then after that, probably less priority. The, the last priority for me in the team these days is probably centre. Mm. I think centre's died out. Wingers are more important because they're yardage players now, to be honest. But if you wanted to talk, tell me what I'm spending my money on if I'm building a new franchise, spine's number one, a marquee prop, a marquee back row to give to my half and someone who's going to lay the platform, then I build from there. Yeah. But there's no way you could just go around giving little bits of money to different... Like, what kind of halves are you going to get if you want a money ball in this competition? Well, you look... It, I like the insinuation. I everyone's the insinuation. everyone's playing money ball because yeah. they want to pay someone less than what they're worth. Yeah, 100%. So everyone's playing money ball. But, yeah, I, just, I just think there's a few spots that's just too hard uh, to do it with, so... Um, yeah, don't know if that would quite work in the NRL setup, but it's a fair question. Murray, your mate again. I would Murray Connellan, or however you want to Connellan, be saying mate. Connellan, when you got angry about it. NRL clubs need to get more professional regarding list management and cap management, yes or no? Yes. Well, I think, again, 100%. You said yes, yes. or no? Yeah. Yes. Yes. But I think the biggest Move thing on. is there's not enough good operators at clubs. Well, there's not. People there's to too many matey, matey, buddy, buddy. Oh, I'm a, I'm a league. I'm an ex-player. I'm an ex-whatever. And they, you know, you've got... Dumbasses, basically, managing caps. Yep. Uh, Daniel Hollins, he's gone full-blown here. There's a bit of detail on this. Uh, basically, he's saying we're talking about the cap needs to look after middle and lower players, and I agree with that. I was more getting at the fact that if they were to expand, the reason they can't expand is we're not keeping those middle to lower blokes in the game. He's saying, do you think the NRL should look at a system where marketing and top-level players are the only level where third parties are available, thereby allowing a greater amount of base cap to be allotted for the middle and lower tiers? Well, here's the problem with that. The only people who do get third parties are the top tier guys. Yep. Then none of it goes to the low tier guys, so it still fixes nothing. They just want a bigger slice of the pie, full stop. So there is no real way for this to win. And you look at the salary cap right now and what you're talking about, as soon as the salary cap goes up, who are the ones looking for the money again? It's the top tier guys. Top. And your players like Paul Gallen, who said we want to take care of the bottom, I'm pretty sure if he wasn't close to retiring, he wouldn't be saying that. He'd be going for a big contract again. So, uh, But I- that's, that's fluff anyway because... Realistically, the bottom end players aren't going to get looked after until the minimum wage rises. Exactly, and that's what I'm getting at. They need to raise the minimum wage, not something like third party. That third party has no effect on the guys at the bottom end, yeah. basically. That only goes to the top guys anyway at the bigger clubs who have third parties, and that's the other problem. Uh, he's saying if the NRL creates a system whereby, say, three or four players can be considered marquee, then it stops teams from spreading third parties around to cheat the cap. It means the majority of superstars of the game are being paid by sponsors and thereby leaves far more money in the cap for lower to middle tier players and developing grassroots. I'm not saying teams can't use cap on superstars as well, just simply that the third parties are restricted to them so there isn't much disparity between teams that can and can't spread third party money around. Mm. Well, the whole problem again with third parties is only a couple of clubs that have them and there's only a few that have them in absolute bulk. Which I, just, I think a marquee, if every club had two marquee player spots, then you're paying the top, what, 32 players in the game? Yep. I reckon that's about all that should be on a million exactly. a year if you're going to pay... You know, maybe if you had one that's eight, eight hundred thousand, one that's a million, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, so I get what you're saying, and it's a pretty good idea. And that's in the cap. Again, the problem talking about third parties or trying to monitor them or spread them around to only top players, there's only a couple of clubs that really have that pull. Like the Roosters have a couple extra mil, the Broncos basically do, and the Bulldogs got extra money as well. Yeah, so. that will just piss the cap off because at the moment we don't have a cap. Yeah. Because well, third parties is making it third like parties the Super League days anyway. Is keeping a couple of teams, you know, in that league on their own. So. Yeah. Uh, Zach Rivera, players getting paid overs in the new salary cap deal. Rumor of Reynolds getting nine fifty in a car with the Tigers. Well, he's not getting nine fifty, and there's a separate part of the cap that's allowed for cars to certain players. But he's definitely not getting nine fifty. Seven fifty was the talk. Uh, I don't really agree. They are with getting it. paid overs. They are definitely get paid overs, but I wouldn't pay him seven fifty. 
Uh, the Roadrunner. Should the super coach and fantasy be embraced more by NRL, increases player appreciation and interest in games aside from team you support? I hate super coach. Well, again, I have a problem with people that think super coach performance justifies someone's actual performance just because they scored really well. Like Bryce Cartwright gets things, throwing offloads and that, but he doesn't really get punished for some of the stupid shit he does, like missed tackles and... Uh, errors, so I'm all for people that enjoy Supercoach, but... Uh, well, we play fantasy footy, but it frustrates the shit out of me. Yeah, but we do it differently, and we have our own scoring system. Yeah, we do, but, um, and that still frustrates me. I think they embrace it somewhat, but again, I think appreciation, people hate people, given the fact that uh, they lost because some bloke didn't play well on the weekend in their eyes in fantasy land, but in real life, they actually played really, really good. And there's players like Kieran Foran in some of those systems that don't score well but do a heap of dirty one percenters or some forwards. So that's the reason I don't like people that think that fantasy relates to... But yeah, it's it's something the NRL should take ownership of and create one, get it all under one banner. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. It's There's a bit of money to be made there. Yep. Uh, Lucas, he's asking, expand the use of technology that is currently available but only limited to certain situations in the game. I think the NRL should look at it. So probably using the bunker and uh, maybe Gavin Badger's situation on the weekend where the ball touched Jennings' foot and he didn't knock it on and intervening on the well, knock on. Well, they should. If it's a clear stuff up, use it. Yep. I have no problem with that at all, and I agree that they should intervene on things like that instantly. But but this time last year we're saying, the bunker's got too much involvement. Yeah, well, can't So we, you can't have it both ways. Because the, these would have been the same, and no, no, this isn't personal to anyone that's asked a question about it, but... We had plenty last year saying, oh, the bunker's getting involved too much and right. we shouldn't even have the bunker. And First few weeks. Just deal with the call on the field. Well, how are South fans feeling about the call on the field at the moment? Exactly. In the first few weeks, people on here said too much bunker, not enough bunker, week to week. So yeah. it changed all the time. Uh, True Grit, he's saying, who's the next rookie head coach in line for a team looking to move on? Um, our team's hesitant to bring in new blood rather than retreads. Well, the problem is at the moment, I don't think there really is anyone out there. Cleary was the only one who was a standout candidate as far as retreads. Well, Christ, there's not really anyone. Jason Taylor's not getting another gig. Demetrio, probably. I was going to say that there's two in my mind and both, one's been at the Dragon system and one's currently in the Dragon system. I think Matt Head has served one hell of an apprenticeship and done a good job everywhere he's been. He'd have to be close. And Demetrio, like you touched on, won the Queensland Cup, won the State Cup, come down here, won the Cutters with a side that wasn't the best side, won the State Cup, and then Wayne Bennett took him up there as assistant. So they're probably the two... Um, if you're going to say a rookie that I think are get like we talked about before, so many players get gifted a job without doing an apprenticeship. Matt Head's done a solid apprenticeship. Well, he's been around for a while and has the base to prove that he's ready to coach. I think, but Demetrio is probably the next one. Uh, Lucas again, Ben Madalino confirmed for the Tigers. He's saying three years at a reported one million again. Uh, is this a reactionary buy? Best playing days in the past. Well, I disagree with that. I think he's had some injuries. Clearly, you're a Warriors fan, but I think those couple of years where things were a bit light, when he's on, he's a really good player. Well, it's just over what the average is going to be for a player on the cap. So if you're saying to me he's getting mid-range money, I'm happy with that. I'd be happy to pay him mid-range money. If he's money. only getting about 300-something a year, I think that's a bargain for what he's done in the past. Yeah, if he's on 330 a year or whatever, yeah. He's only my age, that's 20, good, 27. That's good I think he's uh, still got some good football in front of him. Legend of the turf, Reynolds to the Tigers, good or bad move for both teams. Will they combine more with Brooks? Uh, well, I, I was a bit confused, but I can kind of understand, and we've spoke about it earlier, so I think that's probably all settled. I think it will work with Brooks, considering their style of play. He's also asked his Frawley, and possibly foreign looks the better combo to me, but I think Embiid's one they should have let go. Reynolds to hooker with that halves combo would be dangerous. Well, Embiid's still signed for a couple of years, so they don't really have a choice at the moment. Mm. Um, and yeah, foreign. 
See what happens there. He's supposed to be signing this week. Matty Ford, the mattress. What do you think about the Tigers signings? Madalena Reynolds, will he play five eight, maybe fullback? Or Reynolds definitely won't be playing fullback. Uh he won't be playing fullback. He'll play five eight. Yep. Which I will think be half and I think they're good signings. Yep, and he's also got here separate topic, rest blowing penalties for any lifting tackle, even if they land complete on the back. Shits him. Uh, there was tears. one in the uh I think it was in the Penrith game. Well for what he got pinned for a cracker the other week where he just put a good shot on someone. And Matt McCurick got done for one last week in a game as well that I had no That's problem. the one. Matt McCurick against someone. Para. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was dog shit. And then I saw Vaughn do one yesterday in the tackle at the end of the game, and it was, again, Play on. let go. Yeah. But the one the other week was just a pearl of one-on-one tackle, and he got punished for Crazy. it. Crazy. So, yeah. Wombat, with hindsight, should Sean Johnson have been turned into a fullback instead of a 7 or maybe a 5-8? Hashtag bad at game management. I don't think he's fit enough to play fullback, and I don't think he's got the drive to put in those kind of hard yards and get around the field. He it's basically... not his job to manage a game. It's Kieran Foran's job to manage a game, and that's why I think the Warriors are going to be better this year. Well, I was going to say, realistically to me, he's never been a seven. He's always been a six, the way he plays. He doesn't really organise. Yeah. He runs the football. He kind of floats around. He's kicking games okay, but yeah, I don't really think he's ever been a seven. He's more of a six. Uh, Adam Bain, he's saying about the transfer window that Paul Kent says everyone has... An alternative but not a solution. What's the model you go with? Do you copy the NFL, eight-week trade deadline, etc.? We've talked about this. Draft. I don't think you can do the draft. We disagree on that. Uh, I just don't think it works. And I'm kind of with some of the blokes that have talked about it right now. I know it annoys people. It makes us angry. But what have the AFL got to talk about during the year? you got the games and that's about it. You don't hear a whole lot. NRL, we are constantly dominating the papers, the TV... I know it's a little bit frustrating, but at the same time, I can understand from that perspective that we're just constantly... Yeah, keep it how it so. is or bring in a draft or formalise it. Yeah. But I don't have a massive issue with it. Yep. Uh, Nigel Huntley, he's absolutely lost the plot this week. I'm almost ready for another Super League war. The NRL is lazy and soft. Rugby League is the greatest sport in the world. Takes all aspects of skill, toughness, heart, determination is a true showcase of a man or a woman's character. It invokes passionate response from its fans and right now it is being treated like a sideshow. The rules have gone from black and white to ref's discretion. The players are entitled and have no respect to the position they're in. The players' managers run amok and get to do whatever they want, and no one turns up to a game which looks unappealing to any new viewers on TV. It is legit the worst-run sport in the world. Wow. Well, I don't agree with it being the worst-run sport in the world if you've looked at the ARU in current times. Yeah. Uh, I can understand some of the anger, but, yeah, I don't think it's anywhere near the worst-run sport in the world, that's for sure. It's poorly run. Uh, Currently, the administration aren't doing a good job. Uh, I'll agree with that. Uh, In terms of the other stuff you've said, the players are entitled to have no respect and uh, what was the other stuff? You've just taken the question off the page, mate. Yeah, he's saying the managers run the the rules. I agree with the rules. The rules are changing and we were just spoken about it with the tackles and the players leaning on their back. Um, I agree with most of what he said. Yeah, and I agree with some of it, but I don't think we're the worst run game, that's for sure. The managers do run a mark. Yeah, they do run a mark. Yep. Uh, Will Marchington, he's saying what have we made of Jesse Bromwich's performance so far? Significantly down in his opinion. He's been injured. No doubt he will lift once he gets a Kiwi jersey on. Reynolds also looked to have stuck a leg out when Brooks stepped him on the field goal. He did. Well, he definitely stuck a leg out, but I think the Jesse Bromwich thing for anyone, like I said, who's been watching. So did Cameron Munster last night, stuck a leg out. So there was two of them. The, The two that have been suspended already this year or got fined this year. Both did it again this weekend. Craziness. Yep. Well, on the Bromwich thing, I think that's straightforward. It's got nothing to do with the Kiwi jersey. He popped his thumb out and come back a month earlier than what he should have, and then he had back problems. So 
Yeah, he's um, been injured. He's missed three games out of the eight so far, and he didn't have a preseason because he went away to New Zealand. And he's a big man. Yeah, you but need, he went away to be playing consistently. For anyone again that doesn't understand, when they go away on internationals, they don't do a preseason. Mm. They get their break, they come back. They usually start the year a bit slow because they don't have the case in their legs because they need a rest. So yeah. I have no concerns about Jesse Bromwich. Uh, Jeremy Van Tempest, he's basically asked this question every week. But again, the Dragons played well enough yesterday to confirm that they're the competition. They are competition heavyweights, but is that now in jeopardy because of Widop's injury? Yes. Well, they need him on the field because they have absolutely nobody else. Uh, and Daniel Friend, he says, the quality of back rows at the moment, Cordner, Gillette, Frizzell, Graham, all up there with the form players in the comp. Yes. We are spoiled. They are. They uh, both go, they're all going uh, sensationally. Yeah. We're definitely spoiled at the moment in terms of players that we have playing in the back row. And, uh, yeah, there's just so many people. And the last question we have, Andrew Pointer, I still, for the life of me, can't figure out how Milf wasn't held up in a completed tackle. Would love your thoughts on the field goal in the same game. Australia squad that was named, Reynolds signing, etc. Well, we've basically covered yep. all those things, champions. So, appreciate the question. Um, and that basically wraps everything up. Well, hold on. One more here, sorry. Deck Meadows, another one from the English setup. He's asked about McQueen and Hyde and being in makes no sense to anyone over uh, when there's generally better players in England. Agree. Again, Farrell and Brock watches a fair bit of it. There's guys they could have picked instead of a couple of old Aussie dudes. Yep. Surely. Uh, that wraps up fan questions, set of six, and power rankings, reviews of the games before we head into tips and gossip. Gossip's not with us this week. He's moving the gossip family. They're moving house. Uh, to Lithgow uh, Jar. Left us with all these bits and pieces, but reviews of the games, Manly Canberra. 20-18, to 18, the Manly side. Uh, I thought the first half was pretty decent. Uh, Manly, 100% completions. Canberra's goal line D was pretty good. It was a tight contest, and the nigger was only starting to creep in, but the second half I thought was a shamble. It took forever. Um, I thought Papali's try was nice, but from there it was all downhill. Manly, very, very tough, but honestly, Canberra just were too busy worrying about Dylan Walker instead of playing a game of rugby league and bought into the crap on that defence. The gap between the middle and Leilua when... Uh, who was a Frank Winterstein hit that hole. Their defence, seriously, we said it last week, they've got to change that system. Yeah. Yeah, I can't argue. I, I didn't really enjoy this game. I know a lot of people were saying they did. They loved it. I thought it was scrappy, niggly. It was physical. There was plenty going on. So from that perspective, it was, uh, I guess it was entertaining. But uh, as far as the spectacle goes, uh, I thought Canberra played fairly poorly. Manly were good, obviously, on the road again. And... Yeah, there's not much to say. Canberra had multiple, multiple uh, chances to win this game and put this game away. Even you know, up to what six and a half minutes to go, they led. They yeah. just scored and still managed to give it away. So Canberra probably got themselves to blame. Manly put themselves in a position to win and played fairly good football. So well done to them. Yeah, and Canberra had a heap of ball early first half on Manly's line didn't capitalise either. Um, but dead set, Blake Austin owes Jordan Rapana a beer because he kicked on the third tackle and it was a rubbish kick. He turned it into a good kick or a good play by scoring that awesome try. And Nick Kotrick deserves a rap for that run out of the end goal and Walker missed that penalty kick. He was outstanding. So he did very, very well. Joe Tapine had a night to forget, that's for sure. Plenty of penalties, a couple of errors. He's been good and pushed his way into the starting side, but he had a Barry Crocker, but... Um, yeah, Walker, he won that battle. Trebojevic was very good again. Canberra just need to iron out a few little bits and pieces because at the moment I think they're their own worst enemy, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, this week, Canberra, they play the Dogs away. So, again, they should have won, but uh, should win, sorry, but we'll see what happens there. And Manly, they're playing South. George Burgess now suspended. Reynolds comes back in, but how long will he last? Held together by a good old duct tape. Not too sure. Broncos, Souths. 
25-24, well, we've talked about it. Heartbreaking controversy. The field goal off the drop ball. The try that was rugby union style. People also, we didn't mention the HIA. Milford went down. As far as I'm concerned, it was a clean hit. I thought he got him with his shoulder and all that. Uh, his slow motion made it look worse, but laid down, then stood up and took the kick conveniently before he went off for a HIA test. So, um, very frustrating. Sam Burgess was absolutely outstanding, but honestly, if you're a South fan, I can't feel your pain because seven points were given free to the Broncos, which cost you two points in the end. It did. Uh, but look, I think South had got a fit like George Burgess's stupid penalty. There was a few things that they didn't do well. I, I thought they were gone with 20 to go, to be fair. Uh, and then, well, not probably 20 to go, about 10 minutes into the second half once Brisbane, I think they kicked ahead by 10 at one point. I thought, oh, there's no way South's going to come back here. And then I think they scored three tries in a row, the Bunnies, and, and looked home. And, and then obviously, yeah, the referee stuff-ups happened and South were robbed. Yeah, well, I think South, again, simple stuff. Uh, the bench, just the direction they're heading. I'm hearing that Jason Clark and David Tyrrell are going to be moved on next year to the Super League kind of setup. It's about three years too late. Um, I don't know how Ty- Tyrell Fuamano, Chain Whitelaw, a couple of young guys haven't come in yet instead of them just to kind of keep rebuilding because, honestly, they are going through a bit of a rebuild at the moment. They've got some young blokes in, but they, they may as well keep doing it. They're not winning the con. Uh, both the Burgess brothers terrible. And George, after throwing elbows and already being lucky not to get suspended again, four weeks for that stupid hit on Milford. So, nice work, mate. You're an absolute drop kick. Um and then there's talk that Alex Johnston, he held off on re-signing a contract. They want to sign him as a winger. He wants to be a fullback. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know what to do there, but I don't see him as a long-term fullback. I don't think he's physical enough. I don't think he's a good enough ball player. Agree. That's yeah. my thoughts on that. But Broncos, I think you got away with one. The Oates tries were absolute crackers, though. Nice to see him in some better form. And uh, I'm happy that they're giving Robert some ball. Because when they bought him last year, I thought they'd use him. They basically just left him on his own out there in the cold. But he's getting plenty of early football, which is basically what he needs. So... Still a lot of improvement there, but this week they play the Panthers at home, so tough one for the Pennies, and the Broncos need to show a bit more, and South, we just said they play Manly. Tough game for them. Manly be looking for revenge for the loss they had early in the year to them. Eels-Panthers, 18-12. Well, what do you say? This started from kickoff as usual. There was the error. Cartwright, instead of just grounding the ball, tries to pick it up, drops it. A lot of people were angry about that one, saying that he grounded it and... uh, wasn't an intentional grounding apparently in the end or some kind of rule around that and Norman scored but I just thought Penrith were terrible I didn't think Power were much better but I didn't think Penrith deserved to win no it was probably the, one of the worst games I've seen all year yeah uh, I thought it was terrible not that I saw a lot of it I was sinking ales and betting at the TAB but any time I watched it there was an error or some sort of cock up well I thought the difference was Corey Norman he was outstanding uh, Parramatta weren't much better than Penrith don't get me wrong no. they, they were pretty ordinary I thought on the day just the makeup of the Penrith side at the moment is making me scratch my head. To move Keechee to the six. bench, oh. Cartwright to the to six. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on there. And you know what? I'm not. I'm not a first grade coach. So who am I to comment? But look, I've coached enough football to know that the makeup of that side at the moment isn't right. Mate, honestly, and it's it's certainly not working. So they need to look at it. I'll throw it out there again, and I've said it before. Peachy can play anywhere. If you were going to even move somebody else in for Martin, I'd be happy for Peachy to play six before Cartwright does. I also don't understand um, why yeah. Corey Harawira Nairo was moved out of the side when and he was he playing gets good footy. Uh, I don't understand why Akawala can't get a run, and I don't understand why Kakao can't get a what run. What about Rain? Instead of well, a yeah, wing you know, utility another. on the bench. Yeah, yeah again. Yep. If Martin's gone, I stick by what I said. Edwards goes to fullback. Moylan goes to six. Cartwright plays second row. Kakao and Ray go on the bench. Yep. All right. 
Harry Renard did nothing wrong, gets brought back in on the weekend, starts straight away, has a crack game again, probably their best forward. So I'm confused. I don't, I don't get it. Anthony Griffin, I don't know what you do in your spare time or if you just throw darts at a board and pick the photos off that afterwards and that's how you decide how you're going to pick your team and that's how you keep ending up with a winger. But Penrith I'd be very frustrated and just the level from the players in general. There's a lot of guys not earning uh, their paycheck. There's no doubt about that. Eels, like you said, two wins in a row, but they've been average. They've beat the Tigers, they've beat the Panthers. They're not really wins to brag about. There was 30 errors in this game, and the only one who was decent, like you said, was probably Corey Norman, but they need a partner long-term. And now that Takarangi's out, Edwards is moving to six, so it shows you how desperate they are. I think Edwards, again, has got that skill, but he's not a long-term solution. The only other guy I'm going to give a rap to, I think he's been outstanding, is Nathan Brown. Yeah, he's Nathan Brown has been brilliant and justified taking Scott's spot, in my opinion. Um, he's been great. But agree. This week, uh, the Parramatta Eels, they're playing the Cowboys. If Thurston's back and it's up there, I think they're in trouble. And the Penrith Panthers, they got to Brisbane. So hard ass there. Speaking of the Cowboys, I don't want to spend time on this because I feel sorry for Newcastle every week. But first half, it was tough. It was a bit of a struggle. They wrestled through and they were probably in control of that game. But just as happens every single week, the poor old Newcastle, regardless of the effort, second half, they were beaten by what would have hurt a little bit, but also been a positive, which was a glimpse at Callum Ponga, who had mm. a very good game. He's grown every single week. Uh, the errors are starting to creep out, but a couple of nice tries. Ethan Lowe building back into things. I think people forget his form's been a bit down, but we're talking about a spinal injury he had uh, yeah. at the back end of last year, so probably lacking a bit of confidence, but all in all, poor old Newcastle. They can't take a trick. The effort was there again. I thought Elliot played another good game. Ross Dogg's great every week. But now they've lost Mitch Barnett as well, who's been one of their better players to injury. It's just really, really harsh. I was confused, but again, I understand they don't have a, a strong squad that when Hodkinson moved out, he moved Metaudia to seven and made him captain. That was a very strange move with Feeney on the bench. And uh, This week, yeah. Feeney's in the halves, but Newcastle, I just feel bad for most weeks, to be honest. They put so much effort in for no reward, but... The Cowboys missing three of their four, Spine and Matt Scott, I've got to give a rap to because the fact they're five and three, given that circumstance, not many teams would keep winning games without three of their Spine. Yeah, I agree. agree. I agree with everything you said. So, yeah. Poor old Newcastle. But yeah. well done, Cowboys. Yep, and Callum Ponga, like I said, good glimpse there for your Newcastle fans. Yeah, once he's disappointed, but man, yeah. he's going to be at your club next year. When he grows into his body, he's going to be great. And I don't know your thoughts on this. We're touching it quickly. Asiata, apparently, uh, Titans after him. Yeah, that's fair. In for three years, they're going hard. Uh, obviously, that Paul Green's banking that his relationship will keep him because I don't think they can offer as much given they re-signed everybody and got McLean, etc. and Tamalolo. But Asiata, would you be happy to have him at your club? Yeah, uh, playing where? and Back row, more likely they're talking, or lock. Yeah. So not too sure, but uh, that's the bit of the talk there. So Cowboys, they got the job done. Tough circumstances. They play the Eels at home this week and Newcastle. You poor buggers, they play your Titans, who they beat early in the year. So uh, Titans definitely will be looking for some revenge after a poor showing the first time around. But speaking of the Titans, dead set. I know you've been frustrated, but I've got the complete opposite opinion. I think they've been great all year, really, effort-wise, considering injuries. The grip, the spirit shown. Um, I know, again, we talked about Henry. He can't be fired. And you lost three more players on the weekend again, and you won. You lost Lawton, you lost Copley, you lost Gresmore. But they just get the job done. Could I ask some questions about why we're getting all these injuries? Is it just bad luck? or I think it's just bad luck. They're all happening in game. They're not really happening off the field. Every week when you get onto the field, just things just fall apart. But yeah. under chaos and hard circumstances, I thought Ryan James, 50-plus tackles over 100 metres. Jared Wallace has been your best player all year. Nathan Peets having to put in the extra effort with Lawton going out, made 57 tackles. 
Anthony Don's escape from the end goal, though, probably sums up the game. Yeah, um, it look, it sums Sharks, up your year. Again, the Sharks looked like they were going to win the whole game. And then the Titans just pulled out away at the end to win. Uh, I actually picked it with about 20 to go. I said to my wife, I said, they're, they're going to win here. It just Sharks wouldn't refuse to put them away. They were playing with their food. But the credit to the Titans is that they're in every game. Well, they're not in every game for 80 minutes, but they play for 80 minutes every week. So, uh, pleasing result. Yeah, I was happy to see the Titans win, but you know, I think the Sharks are going to finish well ahead of the Titans on the competition ladder. So, But I'll take the win, and uh, we're going to need a few more. We've got Newcastle this week. We're going to need to string a few together if we are going to make a run up the table. My, my frustration is that you know we play Brisbane and almost win, and we play the Sharks and almost win, and then we'll play someone like Newcastle and get rolled. That's my probably my frustration. I think we lose the games that we should win and win the games that we should lose. To be fair, so yeah, well, I, that's I thought, been a bit of a culture at the Titans. To be fair, for for their entire uh, existence, just yeah. winning a lot of games as the underdog. But when they get into a pressure situation and are expected to win, they more often than not they don't. Well, I honestly thought the Sharks never looked settled. Uh, and at home this year, they've only won one game. And yeah. it was against Newcastle by one point. They've lost the Dragons home. They've lost the Titans home. They've lost the Broncos home. So similar to Manly, what used to be a bit of a fortress or last year was a great place for the Sharks. Uh, they're 1-4 at the prison. Yeah. So usually, I've been tipping them every time at the prison too. But they're hurting me this year, the old Sharkies there. Well, they are. That's right. And right. we've got a pretty good record at um, Ramondas as well. So uh, I think we've won. That's now three of our last four there so yeah well disappointing effort there like I said I think Gal had a good game as always Holmes okay but yeah just as a whole a bit loose just uh, not shutting that one down I think they need a little bit more probably for Maloney as well I think Townsend's had a pretty safe start in the year but I think Maloney's been a little bit quiet he had a one or two games decent at the start of the year but um, since then he missed, I know like we said before he puts his body in front he's only a small bloke but he does miss some tackles but they're just week on, week off. Big game, they get up for it, and then they play somebody like you guys or Newcastle, and they just seem to, you know, yeah. chug along and really, really play with their food. They need to be a lot more ruthless than that. But this week, uh, the Sharkies, they have to play, and I'm losing track of bloody what I got here, away to the Tigers. So Tigers showed plenty of grit this week to get a win, and the Titans obviously home to play the Newcastle Knights. But speaking of the Tigers, again, not a great game, but a tough win, a spirited win. Over the Bulldogs, uh, the inclusion of Brooks Slater, I thought that made a difference. And Aaron Woods, Mitchell Moses, these guys, Tedesco, I thought they didn't show any signs of uh, what happened during the week or any of this contract stuff. I thought they all did their jobs. But the Bulldogs, honestly, what do you say? They're just bad at football, as you would say. Oh, they should have won that game. The, the the play that cost them that was Brinko Lee. He got Sin Min and they just, everything fell apart from there. You can't... You can't win a game with 12 men on the field. And the Tigers, they hung in and hung around and they're starting to play better footy and they're improving every week under Ivan Cleary. Uh, and they were just good enough to, to win it at the end. The, the, the Bulldogs are mediocre. They, they may land in the eight, they may not. I'd be very surprised if they did. And They're not threatening the comp. I, no, they're definitely not winning if the If they comp, fall so. in the eight, they're a sitting duck. They'll be gone week one, or if they manage to beat somebody else who's struggling, they'll get wiped by somebody week two. Yeah, and this um, is where my argument, like on someone like the Warriors, you know, like there's there's argument for like a wild card. You know, if you if you finish the season in whoever has the best record, if you're not in the eight at the end of the season, to throw them in because aside like same as the Titans last year, I guess the Dogs this year that. There are, let's face it, 7th and 8th at Cannon Fodder, really, in the finals. Most of the time, yeah. It's not so, often that a team scrapes in unless they've had injuries or done a Parramatta run the other year. Mm. That they get in, you sit there and go, oh, my God, we've got to look out for them. It doesn't happen yeah. very often. No. 
Um, but yeah, Bulldogs, Greg Eastwood, honestly, they've got to review the HIA. I got a good laugh out of that. Gets back on the field, third tackle of a seven tackle set with 12 players left, puts a grabber kick in, straight to James Tedesco. Well, and that was, sorry, I, I shouldn't have blamed it all on Brinko Lee because that was the number one dumb play of the, of the day. Yeah, oh, it was, that was classic. I was laughing. Des Hasler's glasses magically went oh. off. I think he tried to pretend he didn't see that. But. Well, well, that just justifies why he's going to get moved on. Yeah, well, he's one of the ones in line to be moved on. There's no doubt about that. But yeah. uh, all those guys, like I said, Woods, Brooks coming back in, Moses, they all did their job, Teddy. Uh, for the dogs, the standout for me, I thought Clem had a pretty good game. And Josh Jackson, I know I said before, he's attack. I think his attack's getting better, considering they're pretty poor, but his defense is outstanding. Yeah. He just absolutely whacks and it runs at him. But overall, the, the doggies, no offense to any of the fans out there, but uh, I wouldn't get your, your hopes too high for finals or any push for a premiership. And they play the Raiders this week, the Tigers, they play the Sharkies. Roosters-Dragons yesterday. What a game of football. Uh, I was lucky enough to be there for this one. The atmosphere, 40,000 plus. It was outstanding. The game was brutal. Yeah, Hargraves, Napa, Vaughan, Packer, Frizzell, Bellin, Cordner. They just all absolutely beat the crap out of each other. Um, Boyd Cordner's carry is dead set. If he, I've said it before, I'll say it again. If he's not the new South Wales captain, I'm not here. Anytime they're in trouble yesterday, anytime they needed something to happen, Boyd Cordner... The leg drive, the carries, the lines he runs, he's just such a tough bastard. Um, and the Dragons, if anyone proved a point yesterday, it was them. Their pack definitely was in that contest, if not getting over the top. Vaughn, his first stint. Uh, Packer, Frizzell coming off the back fence. DeBellin, I thought they were great. But Chook's attack, I thought, was a little predictable. And the goal line defense of the Dragons was outstanding. In particular, Sydney kept going, or the Roosters kept going on the left edge. That right edge D of McDonald and Aitken did a real good job shutting them down. And then I thought while Widdop was on the field, obviously they're... Dragons were really, really heavy on that left side attack, getting Lafay going at Manu, and they were trying to hide Friend out there as well. They made some real good inroads on that side of the field. Yeah, they did. Look, we pretty much reviewed this game earlier, but I thought the Dragons dominated through the middle. The Roosters uh, probably had the class out wide, and it was just that constant battle all day, and it deserved to go to Golden Point. Yeah, Golden Point. It's 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 a bit rough that the Dragons got to walk away with nothing, but it was a great game, great spectacle as we said earlier, and uh, yeah, either side winning would have been a fair result, but I guess the Roosters, again, a seven-tackle set, a, a poor kick from Josh McCrone probably cost them, and the Roosters nailed it first go. Yeah, well, there's a few critical moments in such a tight game. The Dugan save after Tarek Sims just completely missed Mitchell Pearce was an absolute cracker. Uh, and then later on, Mitchell Pearce obviously found a tied forward again, Russell Packer caught on his inside shoulder to score that try. Um, and I just it was a cracker game. I, I was blown away at the ground, but full credit has to go to the Dragons. They played more than half the game without Gareth Woodock, who's their star player. They lost Dugan to the HIA. They could have shut up shop at 12-6, but they didn't. They found a way to score. Nene McDonald had a huge game. That was a massive try. An absolutely outstanding carry to get over the line there. And Dugan slot the goal. I wouldn't have put your money or my money on it, but he got the job done. But um, No, I, I, I famously said in our Facebook message... He can't kick this. Nah, well, I, no, I was no. I was standing there, and I think a police officer walked past me because I was going to the bathroom at that stage quickly, and he looked at me and says, would you back him in? And said, not with your money, not with my money. No. And he was like, oh, okay. And then he just hit it down the hay diddle diddle. But outstanding game of football. Dragons definitely solidified their spot, but without Widop, it's going to hurt the next few weeks. Warriors, Sharks, Storm, so yep. uh, tough test for them. But this week they played Melbourne, biggest test they've had all year besides the Roosters without Widop. Uh, down there, but that's going to be a tough game. And finishing off with the Storm against the Warriors, always a great clash, 20-14. to 14. Down 14-12, but they find the win. 
at home. Uh, Nelson Asof Solomona, you know, he's probably been a bit hot and cold this year, and Craig Bellamy spoke about that in the post-press uh, conference, but honestly, that bloke could be absolutely anything. Um, when Qatar went off, obviously, they had a bit of love down the New Zealand left edge there because Marmolo once again decided that he'd slide over the sideline and let Chambers run around the outside of Bodine Thompson, yeah. which allowed that cronk try. But um, I'm kind of with you. I thought that the Warriors were a lot better in this game. Um, they found a bit of luck down that edge that had Munster, Stimson, a couple of guys in, so that reshuffled edge was a little bit weak for Melbourne. But all in all, uh, just a little bit extra class by Melbourne to get the job done. I can't believe Felice Cafusi's form this year. If you would have told me that he'd be playing this well, uh, I would have said no. Um, no Proctor, no Harris still in the side. I, I'm pretty impressed. But I thought overall this was a very good game of football. But the difference is Warriors 39 misses to 17 defensively. Um, and again, we spoke about it, especially that edge defence. They're quite poor. Yeah, they uh, the better team won. Don't, don't get me wrong, but I, I was uh, really, really pleased with how the Warriors played. The, Melbourne had to be very, very disciplined and very, very rigid and patient to, to win that game. I thought they they really looked like the winners with about 15 to go. So I think the Warriors legitimately competed with them for 65 minutes, and that really impressed me. So uh, I want to see the Warriors back that performance up this week. They play the Roosters at home. And uh, for me, Melbourne, they, they just roll on. Roll on with their good performances, uh, and you know they're, they're going to be tough to beat. Well, the scary thing about Melbourne is they're still growing. Well, when it, that's what I'm saying. They're, they're going to keep rolling on, and they're going to get better. And they doesn't matter who plays them on what, what week, and they're only going to get better until the end of the year. That yeah, good luck. Yeah, well, Jacks played for Munster to start with, and Billy came back into the fold, so they're still trying to figure out that side of things. Kenny misses, Stimson comes in, um, they've debuted a couple of guys into their squad. Curtis Scott hasn't played a game yet. Jesse Bromwich has been injured and out a few times. Toe Harris hasn't even played a game yet. Um, it's pretty crazy, but I'll tell you what, they're definitely a real contender for the title this year, the Melbourne Storm. And they play the Dragons without Gareth Widock uh, on the Sunday afternoon, but that wraps up everything. Basically, no gossip, like we said, on tonight as he's moving house, and there's no gossip in general. Basically, the only topics of what we've already covered with a couple of those signings. Uh, players obviously heading to the Tigers, um, so moving on to the tips and the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with WilliamHill.com. The tips last week, uh, a bit up and down for all of us. You got three, and me and Gossett both managed to escape with four. So that brings the totals to you now on 34. I'm on 36, and Gossett, he's on 38. But the first game of the round is the Broncos. Going real good. Oh, you're doing outstanding. Broncos versus the Roosters. Uh, looking at that match here, as far as changes are concerned, there is not really a whole lot going on there. For Brisbane, it's the exact same squad, except Kahu moves back in with me going back to the extended bench, so still the same 21. Penrith haven't changed their side at all, except Martin and Kikau, Fisher-Harris, Akawala on the extended bench. So. Well... Possibly a late change there. Martin should be playing six before Cartwright, let's be honest. Unless they're moving him on, but God knows what Griffin's doing. Uh, I'm tipping the Broncos. Broncos, my friend. There's yep. not much more to be said. Has he named Cartwright at six? He's named Cartwright at six. Wow. So he is right onto it there. And Gossip, he is also tipped the Broncos. And with WilliamHill.com, they're a dollar forty-two favourite. Penrith two ninety minus seven and a half is a line. One to twelve Broncos three dollars four twenty Penrith. 13 plus Brisbane, 250 
for the Panthers. The second game, South Sydney versus the Manly Sea Eagles. Uh, that is a hard one to tip. Manly up and down like a fiddler's elbow, but they're away, so I'm going to tip them. Plus, they have no changes. Why is this game at Allianz? At Allianz? Oh, I'm not too sure. It's South Sydney's game as well, so a yeah. bit strange, but on their side of things, George Burgess suspended for four weeks. Adam Reynolds comes back. That almost swayed me, but I can't do it. Uh, they're up and down. Their bench, he's got a couple of blokes there that I'm not too sure about. Getting Heimel Hunt back, getting uh, Reynolds back obviously helps, but Manly away, they seem to win these games, so I'm going to stick with Manly. Plus, I think they're going to have a chip on their shoulder from the bad loss they had early in the year. Well, I'm going to tip South. Absolutely no confidence. They're the home team. I'll go with them. Yep, and Gossip, he's on Manly as well. And looking at the odds on WilliamHill.com, Manly are the slight favourite at $1.80. 204 for Souths. Minus two is the line. One to 12 for Manly. 310 340 South. 13-plus Manly. 375 and 475 for Souths. The Cowboys versus the Parramatta Eels. Uh, this one, Parramatta not playing great, but a couple of wins in a row. Takarangi out, Edwards moves into six. And looking at the extended squad there, Will Smith uh, maybe a possibility, but he's been playing fullback in Cup, so I don't think he'll make that move. On the Cowboys side, exact same side, but Jonathan Thurston is in the extended bench. You'd expect he's going to play to prove his fitness for the Australian test, so with that in light, I will be going with the Cowboys. Cowboys, they should win easily. Yep, and Gossip, he has gone the Eels, so he's gone the upset there. I think he might have had a t- few too many sherbets before <laughs> he sent his tips through. Because if Jonathan Thurston plays, that's absolutely insanity by him. But the odds for this one, the North Queensland Cowboys are $1.52 favourites at home with William Hill, two fifty five for Para. Minus 5.5 is a line. 1 to 12 cows, $3, $3.75. The Eels, 13 plus cows, two eighty five six fifty for the Eels. Uh, Gold Coast Titans, Newcastle Knights, two teams that have been battling. Uh, looking at things there, Mitchell Barnett out, that hurts. But Luke Yates comes in for the Knights there to fill that lock spot. Chris Gresmore, Dale Copley, Carl Lawton, all out for the Titans. So uh, there's a couple of changes there. You've got Hayne, obviously, back at fullback, full-time. Tyne Roberts-Davis, your favourite player. He's back in the side to replace, uh, I think, obviously, Copley's move out. And Sargenson, who was on the wing on the weekend, moves in to the centres. And LG makes it back onto What's the Copley bench. out for? Injured? I don't know what happened to him in that game. I didn't see, but uh, he's injured. And your favourite, Tyne Roberts-Davis, is back in. Oh, my tops. So your extended bench has changed, and LG is back on the bench. So, bit yeah. of diff- you know, well, it doesn't mean he's going to play. He's in the extended squad. Yeah, so. he, well, he's in the actual jerseys that will most yeah, likely. Fine, but play. you can still leave him out. Looking at your actual extended bench, though, I don't. They're picking any of those guys. Pat Polatoni as a spare nine, maybe Petteru, Alexander Brimson. I think he's got a debut. And Morgan Boyle hasn't debuted yet. Either. That big bloke they got from Canberra, but mm. uh, I'm still sticking with the Titans. Yeah, the Titans should win. Yeah, and Gossip, he's also gone. With the Titans, the odds for this one with William Hill, a dollar twenty-four are the Titans. I'm Newcastle not that. minus, uh, sorry, four fifteen for the Knights, minus thirteen and a half. The line one to twelve Titans, three ten six dollars. Newcastle uh, thirteen plus Titans, a dollar eighty fifteen dollars for Newcastle. Dogs versus the Raiders. Uh, like I said, the Dogs now bad at football. They are unchanged. Extended squad has got. Ramus Smith back in it, and obviously Will Hopawade on there as well this week. So a chance of him coming back in, possibly, not too sure. Um, do you change Morris? Do you take out Montoya? I honestly don't think you change much, especially if you're moving Hopawade on at the end of the year, which is most likely what they'll be doing. Mm. Canberra side, Dunamis Louis has moved out of the starting kind of bench players there, Clay Priest back in, so possibly 
uh, him playing again this week, but otherwise no changes. I'm going with the Raiders. They surely have to fire up for this one. Raiders. Raiders yep. win. Just getting news through. Gareth Widdop, six weeks. There you go. So medial, like I said, usually between a month, eight weeks. But, yeah, minimum six. So it might be a pretty decent tear if he's... Uh, but really, it's only going to be three to four, like post this weekend, because they're going to miss Rep Brown and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so. So, and they've got a bite coming up as well, I think, for well, yesterday. Go. So yeah. a couple of the weeks, he's not actually going to miss games. He'll probably get like a two-week break, basically, where they're not playing football. Mm. Uh, the dogs and that, back to this. The odds for WilliamHill.com. Dogs, 265. Canberra, $1.50. Minus six is the line. Raiders one to twelve, three dollars. Four for the dogs. Thirteen plus Raiders two seventy five, six fifty for the dogs. Tigers versus the Sharkies. This one, uh, <clears throat> it's at Leichhardt, so you're sure the Tigers have put the effort in there. But the Sharks, they've made a habit this year against poorer sides, not playing their best football. They need to turn things around this week. On the Tigers side, there's no changes to their starting lineup. On the Sharks side, uh, Jason Bakuya, he is out because he's injured, and Luke Lewis comes straight back into his spot there in the second row. I'll be tipping the Sharks. I know it's at Leichhardt. The Tigers probably will fire up, but the Sharks honestly need to make an impression this week and win one of these games that they should. Yeah, Sharkies, they should be winning this. Yep, and on Gossip, he is also gone with the Sharkies for this one, and the odds with WilliamHill.com. Uh, the Sharks are the favourites, $1.53. Tigers, $2.55. Minus 5.5 is a line. 1 to 12 Sharks, $3. $3.85 for the Tigers. 13 plus Sharks, $2.85. $6.50 for the Tigers. And the two fixtures that are on the short turnaround, they just reverse. So the Warriors versus the Roosters over there in New Zealand. Better showing, like you said last week, from the Warriors. There is no lineup. I think they have till Thursday to name theirs because obviously. Yeah. Uh, and he had recovery and some bits and pieces today. So well, they get the. I think it's forty-eight hours since your last game that you, you get that little bit of uh, leeway. Yeah, well, when I was leaving today, like I said, Vaughn and that were only just going to rehab bits and pieces. So yeah. it's a bit hard to you know figure everything out. And same with the Dragon Storm game, but with no lineups to tip here, I'm pretty sure the Roosters came out unscathed. The Warriors as well. Um, I really did want to tip the Warriors over there after the showing they had, but they've both had the short turnaround. I just think the Roosters are better, so I've gone the Roosters. Yeah, I've gone the Warriors. I think uh, I've got to back back up what I've said, um, and they've shortened in the uh, the, the Warriors, so uh, I'll tip I'll tip them to win. Yep. All right. Well, you're on that one, and Gossip's with you. He's gone the Warriors as well. So I don't know whether that's uh, a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know, but WilliamHill.com has the Roosters at a dollar eighty-two. The Warriors two dollars minus one and a half the line. One to twelve Roosters three fifty. Three sixty-five Warriors thirteen plus Roosters three fifty. Four dollars Warriors. And the final game, Dragon Storm Sunday afternoon. Storm should be unchanged. You'd think Dragons, as we know, we don't won't be playing. Don't have much depth there. DeBellin likely to be named in the halves. If not. Jai Field, I'd assume. Um, I think this one's pretty easy without we up there. I'll be going the Storm. Storm. And uh, obviously Gossip, he's on the Storm as well. The odds reflect that with William Hill, $1.45 for the Storm, two eighty. Dragons minus six is the line here. And uh, one to twelve Storm, two dollars ninety and four dollars for the Dragons. Thirteen plus Storm, two sixty five, seven fifty for the Dragons. So not uh, many different in the tips this week, I think. What have we got here? We're both on Manly. You're on Souths on your own. Gossip's gone the Eels on his own. We've gone the Cowboys, and I'm the only one who tipped the Roosters. So not a whole lot different happening here, but that wraps us up for another week, Boxer. It does. So everybody out there, we thank you for your questions. If there's anything late that we don't get on the show, we'll obviously try to answer during the week. We'll put up for your power rankings, ask you what you think there, give us your thoughts. 
um, that you've got everything you need. Tips and odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. Gossip will return next week. And remember, if you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with WilliamHill.com. I hope everyone had a fantastic long weekend and enjoy Anzac Day and hopefully got out and paid your respects. Um, and just for anyone out there, again, if you're on iTunes, please review the podcast, give us a rating, give us a review, all that kind of stuff helps us build the show, grow the brand. We love your feedback. If you have any feedback, if there's anything you do like, anything you don't like, let us know on the page, send us an inbox, flick us something on Twitter and interact with us in general. We always try to answer your questions around work and everything we're doing, but we're more than happy to interact with our fans. So we thank you very much for listening to the fifth and last NRL podcast. And for another week, enjoy yourselves and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.